What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Loot Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Resident Daryl, and on this special episode, I bring on two guests, some good friends of mine, to talk about the uh, the late, great Jason David Frank and the greatest voice of Batman in all of the animated films, the Kevin Conroy. Uh, unfortunately, but fortunately, the conversation goes one-sided for quite a bit of time, so we really just spend the bulk of our time leaning into the JDF conversation. So there are several times where I referenced where I'm going to come back to the end of the show, and I'm going to do the leaderboards and all those things. What I decided to do was just record a piece solo in the beginning and give you guys the weekly recaps of the backlog beatdown and the Loot Bros leaderboards, as well as all the other little spinoff and side competitions that we have uh, supported and, and have launched in all the different things. So with that being said, I know we do toast later in the show, but I'm going to crack a special toast. To our Patreon producers. And I wanted to jump into the housekeeping real quick. If you guys wouldn't mind checking out the latest uh, YouTube channel that I've launched, it is just Resident Daryl. That is where I'm doing my flea market finds and our gaming challenges that the bearded nerd and myself um, throw at each other each and every month. This month's challenge. We're doing a the White Elephant Christmas Challenge. So typically what we do is we go into the Facebook group and one of the two of us issues a challenge to the other. And we say, hey, this is what we're doing. So the first month, he challenged me and he said, hey, we're going to do scary games, spooky games for October. Whoever can get the most valuable spooky game for the cheapest price and our budget is $20. Okay. So then in November, I came back and I said, all right, we're going to do the $1 video game challenge. Whoever can get the most valuable game for one dollar and now what the bearded nerd has done is he suggested to me not on a video not on 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 the podcast but just off air say hey what if we did something really cool where we do a white elephant christmas and each one of us has a 20 dollar budget and we have to find a game on the other person's list. So what we'll do is we'll put those lists out. We'll make those lists public. And then it's like, hey, we're going to pick five or so games. And these are the games that we're looking for. And the challenge is this. To find those games as cheap as possible, right? So if you, obviously you want to spend less than the budget that we have. But then we have to send that game to the other person. They they can't know what it is. So they're going to open up the package on video. And they're going to like, oh, man, this is the game you got me. And then we will let you guys, the Loot Bros community, decide who got the better gift. And then we'll reveal what we paid for it. So now a lot of you guys will be seeing the footage of this stuff because we're filming these transactions. We're filming our hunting trips, our Facebook marketplace conversations, and we're putting them on our respective YouTube channels. So if you'll go to The Bearded Nerd on YouTube or Resident Daryl on YouTube, you will be able to see each and every one of these videos. And so far, I've been pretty consistent, at least on my end, I'm posting at least a video a week. So I'm editing up the next video now, and I'm kind of trying to take my, you know, my, my flea market finds and yard sale finds and garage sale finds from Saturday and post a video of those by Wednesday and then filming more on Wednesday because I go in the middle of the week because our flea market, our local flea market is open on Wednesday mornings. Now, sometimes the spoils and the fines from Wednesday aren't all that spectacular. So maybe it takes a Wednesday and a Saturday to kind of put together a full video, but 
either way, that's kind of the pattern. What I'd love to do is eventually get to a point where I drop a Wednesday video and then a weekend video based on the the various finds, like post record on Saturday, post by Wednesday, record on Wednesday, post by Saturday kind of thing. But we will see. It really just depends on what I find because I have a lot of footage, but not everything is me actually finding things. Now, there are other things that I pick up that are collectibles and are flippables. So sometimes I will do a video of the entirety of all those things. So we'll kind of see where it all shakes out and where it all falls. But all that being said, please check out the YouTube videos each and every week. I put all the links to everything in the comments, in the body, in the description of each and every episode. So please go check out one of our partners and sponsors. It is Ted's Collectibles. If you go to his Etsy store, which I have the link in the description, you can just copy and paste it. They use the code, the promo code LOOPBROS and get 10% off on these really awesome collectible cards where you can show off your favorite trophy and achievements that you have collected, even your L Steam Chivos. So, awesome, awesome stuff that we do. And, of course, we have the Patreon. I want to give a shout-out to our Patreon producers. I do shout you guys out later in the show. Thank you to all the patrons and the new patrons. We have new patrons right now. Thank you guys for joining. We really appreciate the support, and it is because of you that we're able to do more and more stuff. It's because of you that we're able to do more and more of these pledge games. We're able to do... We, we, we uh, supported Legacy Comics on their last run of comic books, and we put an ad in the in their comic book with the Loot Bros Podcast. And so it's things like that that we're able to do that's really awesome because of your support. So... Thank you guys so much for everything that you do. With that being said, I'm going to jump into the leaderboards. So we're going to start off on the True Achievements leaderboard. In first place, we have Sadik with 2,183 achievement points. Shout out to Sadik, Patreon producer. Uh, taking first place, that is awesome. Second place, I'm styling on you, bro, with 1,720 achievement points. Homie is killing the big simulator games. And this one, his latest achievement was in muscle memory from Pro Gymnast Simulator. I swear, dude, every week you're playing a different sim that I didn't even know existed. It's the wildest thing ever. Next up, we have third place Sony Pony 2U with 900 achievement points, playing some super, super, <laughs> super ninja miner. Fourth place GDI Master Ace with 507 achievement points playing some Vampire Survivors. And then third place, we got Redbeard Rick playing some Stardew Valley. That's awesome. We also have new members of our leaderboard. So I want to give a shout-out to HJD2011, hashtag 5279, for joining our leaderboard. I haven't seen your name on here yet, so that's awesome. So definitely want to give a shout-out. Anytime I see new names, especially in the top five, I'll let you give them a shout-out. You guys have to forgive me. I'm having, I got a little bit of a wheeze going on. I've been out uh, selling my business, pushing mortgages on people. I've been out mingling with the common folks, and I might have a little bit of a cold stirring up. No, I'm just kidding. It was awesome. We did do we did sponsor a couple of Santa's workshops this past weekend, and well, actually this current weekend as of the time of recording. Had a great time, met a lot of people, uh, kissed a lot of babies, you know, shook hands with everybody. It was awesome. We we did a ugly Christmas sweater contest. We had some really awesome entrance into the contest. We gave away a hundred dollars cash each of the two contests we did on Saturday and Sunday. 
And we had some some young people win some money. It was excellent. Seeing smiles on their faces and the surprise when they won. It was absolutely awesome. So heading on over to the Loot Bros Podcast True Trophies Leaderboard. We got Affectatious Donk. Guys, I'm having a hard time talking. We have the Affectatious Donk. First place, 1,184 trophies. My man is straight killing it, playing some blackjack. That's awesome. Second place, we have Dat One Seagull with 74 trophies. Playing some Star Ocean, the Divine Force. It's good to see you at the top of the leaderboards there, brother. That is the commissioner, by the way, guys. Third place, we have the Steigen Wolf 4 with 65 trophies. Playing some of that Batman Arkham VR. It's really awesome to see you on there playing some Batman Arkham VR. I really enjoyed that game, and I actually have a sealed copy of it. And I've been debating on what to do with it. Do I send it off to get it graded, or do I keep it? That's a, that is the question, guys. I've got a lot of sealed games. Should I start getting my sealed games graded and just hold them, or should I sell them? That is the question. In fourth place, we have MZ Nitro playing some Hot Wheels Unleashed. And then we have our good friend Jared Stink Palm in fifth place with 40 trophies. MZ had 46, by the way. And he's been playing The Park, which The Park is a pretty decent little first-person horror game. It's not crazy horror, but it's not bad. Uh, guys, I wanted to kind of pop in when I'm doing this little recap of everything real quick and let you guys know that I am playing the Callisto Protocol. When we when we recorded the actual episode, the Callisto Protocol wasn't out yet. I'm playing the Callisto Protocol right now. As a matter of fact, I'm in seventh place on the leaderboard, 19 trophies, and my last trophy was... In fact, in Callisto Protocol. And let me tell you guys, that game's tough. These reviews that are coming out are all over the place. A lot of them are negative. A lot of them say that the combat is the problem. And I got to be honest with you, it's tough. I, mean, I don't know that it's necessarily a problem, but it is definitely alarming that when you get in the very first hour, hour and a half of the game, you come in contact with like four enemies and you die, and you die, and you die. Like, it is all about dodge, dodge, smack, dodge, dodge, smack. So, I'm not saying it's Dark Souls-like, but I definitely am saying that the combat mimics a formula that is not traditional Dead Space or survival horror. It looks a little like something else. So, do with that what you will, but it is very, very cool to look at. It is gory, it is... It is a beautiful game. Runs like a dream on PS5. I know that like that I've seen some tech issues out there. Uh, I had the PS4 and the PS5 version. I am very interested to play through this game to completion. And that combat is definitely something. And I found myself in situations where I've just been kind of running away from the enemies, hoping to get oh yeah i don't there i mean so far my time has been spent having to actually fight everything and it's pretty interesting so overall first impressions of the first hour and a half of the game is very high it's very good i very much like it but we will see because it seems like from what i've read if you don't like it you don't like it if you do like it it's pretty good so uh, i would definitely be keeping you guys updated uh, I am very stoked to be playing the game. So, we're going to jump out of the leaderboards and head over to the Backlog Beatdown. Right now, it is just no contest. I'm selling on you, bro, with 172 points, straight killing all the competition. 
Next, we have C.J. Anderson, the affectatious donk, with 107. Next, we have Diego with 105. We have Rebbe Rick with 101. We have yours truly, Resident Daryl, with 100. I am very surprised that I made it to 100. Guys, no spam this year. And no... I mean, doing a new job with hours all over the place. Like it's been, it's been an interesting year for me, and I feel like I don't get a ton of game time. Now, granted, that's always been my story. You guys know I've been saying that for years, but I feel like this year my game time has been so segmented that it's not something that I really like invest in it's like i don't get these huge long hours where i get to run into a game and really dive deep into it i kind of have to do it in small chunks over and over and over but i have managed to figure it out and i broke 100 points and i am very very pleased with that did i beat the amount of games i thought i was going to beat no but i still have time to beat three more if i beat three more that's 50 games for the year and that's pretty freaking impressive so Next up, we have uh, our very own uh, No Show Joe with 81 points. We have Gaz Davis with 74. We have JT with 65. We got MZ with 47. We've got Jared with 43. We've got Yield with 37. We got Alex with 35. Those two have stayed neck and neck all year, which is very, very awesome. We have Kalai with 26. We got Sadik with 26. We got James the Nerd with 23. We got Tricky with 23. We got Noah the Builder with 21. We got the Bearded Nerd with 21. And then after that, it really hasn't changed in quite a while. So we're going to stop with that. But hey, guys, definitely uh, appreciate all of the efforts and definitely appreciate it to everyone who has stuck with this. This has been pretty pretty freaking fun i gotta say i'm 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 very very pleased with the way things have turned out this year now i do want to give a shout out to our friend carl wakefield and the autumn trophy hunter competition i've got the week five updates that i'm looking at now again um i do not believe the most recent updates have come out yet so i'm just going to kind of rattle off a handful of people a handful of names on there uh, we got uh, uh, Mohamed Dina is looks like is in first place. The Gunner plays in second place, and we've got uh, Mohamed has thirty seven thousand three hundred sixty five points, and then second place is thirty two thousand one hundred fifty points. And guys, the way things are broken down on this particular spreadsheet is each tro- a trophy type has a point value. So you have your Platinums have a point value. Your uh, bronzes, silver, and gold all have point value. And games have to be over a certain amount of hours to count. So uh, next up, we have uh, uh, Krustafitch. Oh, what is, what's going on here? There we go. Yeah, Krustafitch with 14,805 uh, points. And we have Mephester with... 14,260 Nutty Caramel with 12,980 uh, We have Joe, oh I hope I said this right Joamo Joamosta, I don't even know if that's correct but hey we'll go with it, we have 10,915 points and then we'll stop with this next one, uh, Clammy Games with 9,135 points, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump down, see if we can find any of our teammates on here uh, looks like Red Beer Rick has 830 points. 
And Resident Daryl has 2,130 points. That's not bad. And I guess the Bearded Nerd isn't even on here. So, yeah. Yeah. Sucks to be you, nerd. So, yeah. That's uh, that's not terrible. That's not terrible. Now, I'm not in last place. Nowhere near first place. But I am holding my own. I don't know if that's good or bad. But we'll go with it. But, yes. want to give a shout-out for the Autumn Trophy uh, hunting competition. There are cash prizes. Oh, I say cash prizes. There are PlayStation monies prizes. And it's pretty awesome that this exists. Now, this is not something that Loot Bros is associated with. But I did say that as the updates came out, that I would jump into the show each and every week and at least give some updates. Now, we have the way the updates fall typically fall after we record. So it just so happens that I'm patching this piece in and I'm able to grab some of the leaderboards. So that is the week five leaderboard. I believe the week six leaderboard is getting ready to drop. So that's what we have so far. The real question is, is Red Beer Rick going to get beat by Resident Daryl? That is, it's looking like it, guys. Looking like I'm laying the old smacketh downeth on Mr. Rick. I want to give a shout out to Rick, by the way. He is still streaming and still YouTubing and still rocking and rolling as a content creator. So I definitely want to encourage that type of behavior. Anyone in the Loot Bros family, we definitely want to give you your roses and make sure that you guys get celebrated because we appreciate you, you know, celebrating and, you know, supporting us. So we definitely want to do the same for you. All right, so one last thing before I switch over to the main show. I definitely would love and appreciate it if you guys could help me out. Go to Resident Daryl on YouTube. I know I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, but check out the videos. And if you don't mind giving me a little subscribe, I would love to get uh, to 100 subscribers by the first of the year. So it is December the 4th as the time I'm recording. I'm going to drop another video here in just a few days. I would absolutely love it if we can get to 100 subs. Uh, by the first of the year. I would love for this to be a successful standalone kind of thing that I put together. I very much enjoy going out hunting for video games. I love these little challenges that we have going. And I would love for you guys, the listeners, to send in feedback and say, hey, you know what? I'd love for you to do this challenge, do this kind of thing or whatever. You know, and we do run into some actual legit, you know, big YouTubers. You know, Harry Tornado has about 350,000 subs and he's one of the bigger, you know, reselling outfits on YouTube and the guy is awesome super nice to meet I got I had the pleasure of meeting him when he was out filming a video you know not too long ago just a few weeks ago and uh, he was just really cool and I love watching these videos I'm very new to them and there's a handful of people that I follow on you know YouTube that, that make this type of content and it is very exciting and it's something that I can do with my children they very much enjoy doing it I'm um, getting Zoe her own camera so we have the Zoe cam oh she's out there with me and uh, we're, we're excited. So it's something my brother and I are doing together. He's going out there and hunting with me. And, you know, we're flipping and selling and trading and doing things. And so definitely, uh, definitely excited about it. So if you are interested in any of the items that we pick up, you know, I do have links to the eBay store on my YouTube and in the description of each and every episode. By all means, I'm not asking you guys to go buy from me. Definitely not asking that. But if you're interested, even if you just want to see the stuff, you know, as it's listed, not everything I've purchased has been listed, but yes. And there are certain things that we're picking up and flipping and putting on eBay. And if you're interested just to see, hey, you know what? I saw you pick that up for a dollar. What do you have it listed for? And just so you guys know how the sausage is made, I don't just make up prices. I just put it on there and whatever eBay says is the suggested listing based on sold comps, I go with it. 
most of the time I actually go lower if I do, excuse me, change the price just because I would like, if you have the option to look at 10 or 15 or 100 of these items, you know, maybe if I mark mine down a few dollars, you'll buy mine instead of someone else's. So with that being said, I've only been posting videos on there for about two weeks. I do have some old videos that, you know, from before I had, you know, subscribers on the channel. Um, but yeah, so I've been posting videos on there for about two weeks now, uh, going into week three. And we've only got 27 subs, which is still great. So we would love to get to 100. So if you guys are listening to this, Resident Daryl on YouTube, give me a sub. Even if you don't care for the videos, I would love you to at least check it out and give me some feedback. You know, it might be, hey, you might not like this type of content, but you might have just that piece of feedback that I need to get better. So definitely appreciate you guys. I'm going to jump into the show. This is, uh, we again, we start off as a... Farewell to Kevin Conroy and uh, JDF, Jason David Frank, but the conversation really leans heavy into JDF, so we are going to come back and do an actual Kevin Conroy Batman episode to make up for the fact that we went so one-sided on this one. So, thank you guys for all your support, and on to the show. It's the Lupros Podcast. We're going to talk about video games and mow your grass. Lupro's Podcast. We're going to talk about butts and slurp and penises. So stay tuned. Go now and may the power protect you. Morphin' time. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Loot Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Resident Daryl, and tonight I am joined by two very special individuals. We have a returning guest, a uh, longtime no hear from you nerd named Mark. It's Mark Lucia. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I know it's been a, it's been a while. It's been a busy year for me. So yes, I yes, kind of like went off the grid for about six months. Yeah, you're getting married will do that to you. So congratulations, oh, brother. Thank you. I wish I was uh, informed ahead of time about the whole uh, shared accounts and seeing what <laughs> other people spend. <laughs> I'm currently at the doghouse because of my comic book addiction. That's a good. That's a good reason to be there. So, all right, all right, and then, uh, so yes, like I said, congratulations on getting married. I'm, uh, I'm really glad that you now have someone uh, to share your comic books with. If you pass away, she gets all of your your wonderful collection of comics. No, it's in writing at Viking burial goes with no <laughs> ship. Just all, all the comics. I, I told my wife, uh, I've been, I've been reselling a good bit lately. I started off downsizing and I've just gotten really, uh, really into like buying and flipping and trading and reselling. And I've always kind of done it to an extent, but never with any real purpose. You know, like I've always uh, like bought, I'll buy someone's game collection. I'll take what I need out of it. I'll sell a little bit. It's valuable. I'll trade stuff to other people. And for me, it's always just been like, uh, maybe I will, maybe I won't. But it, like right now, the mortgage business is slow, and the business that we do get is like very abusive and very rough. And it's been some really rough weeks and months in the mortgage business. And so, my focus in my you know quote downtime has been like flipping with intent. It's like okay, well, you know what? Um, the the 
you know, I'm not making a ton of business. I'm still, I'm surviving, but I'm not making a ton of money. Like maybe I can move things a little bit. And so I started kind of downsizing in my, my house and my collection of various things. And I just got hooked. So I've been buying and flipping and selling and doing all this stuff. And then I started pricing out like my, the collection of things that I will not part with. And we got to the Vita section of the house and my wife, she just kind of hangs out and, and follows me around. And she's like, so if you die, what am I supposed to do with this crap? <laughs> and I said, I said, look, I said, you let the kids have what they want, sell the rest. But the Vita games, they go in the coffin with me. I was like, I am, I want it in writing. I want it signed. I want to be buried with my PS Vitas and my PS Vita collection. I was like, in my Resident Evil games. It's funny because like I have a super story. Like I never was a reseller. If I bought like a bulk of comics with that, like I would sell what I didn't care for and like complete runs. And I, I tell on the podcast, I even said, I'm a hypocrite guy now. I was always against resellers, but then when I found out like how much money I could make on some of this stuff, <laughs> and, uh, so now I'm just like purposely when I'm out, I'm like, oh shit. I was like, that's a chase variant. I was like, how much is that going for? I don't even collect these, but I will sell this. There you go. It started with a Cody Rhodes. AEW chase figure from like wave two and I just saw it at a target shelf for 18 bucks and I looked up online and people were buying it for like three three fifty and I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna dabble in this a lot more now that's crazy that's crazy well I have not sold any comic books I have I have drawn a line in the sand have and that is where I away? I've given comics away yes uh, but I, I gave away a number one X-Men when they uh were um, what was it, the 1992 or is it 90? See, the nine, I think it's 94, 95 when they uh redid X Men, and it was just X Men. I gave away about five copies of those, and I gave one away a couple of months ago to a friend. And I was trying to give away four number one Thunderstrike to his son, but he's like, nah, man, he don't need that. And I'm like, well, will he take a Venom number one? He's like, <laughs> no, and I'm like, okay. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. All right. So uh, that voice you just heard, guys, that is another returning guest. That is our good friend, Thomas Crawford. Welcome back on the show. Hey, I appreciate you having me back. Thank you for uh, the invite. And this is a very special night because we're honoring two very special people and uh, for many different reasons. And then, uh, you know, just a celebration of not only their life, their legacy, but uh, the impact that they had on us in general. And then, uh, you know, just to talk about, you know, I guess, uh, how you feel about everything that's taken place. And what I mean by taking place is like so many things have happened at once. Like all these just ran, these like celebrities just die in like random packs. It's like seven or eight of them at a row. Like the, um, one of the singers from Fleetwood Mac just died the other day. I know. I saw that. I saw that. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you know what? And that is why I reached out to you. You know, this particular episode, guys, what we're going to do, this one's going to be a little more free flowing. I mean, I mean, come on. It's the Loot Bros podcast. It's always free flowing. You got, God only knows where we go sometimes. But tonight, our topic of the week, per se, is going to be on um, Kevin Conroy and the passing of the iconic voice of Batman and the passing of uh, Jason David Frank, the you know, Green Ranger, the White Ranger, you know, like the. Tommy. Just, Tommy. Yes, that's right. So, um, so what we're going to do 
before we get into that topic is we are going to crack a toast, celebrate our patrons, and then we're going to jump right into the conversation. And then guys, I'll come back in later in post and add the, the leaderboards. I'll add our backlog beat down. I'll add all of the, the weekly uh, shenanigans that we find ourselves into. I will announce a few more things and I will also talk about the uh, new YouTube videos that just dropped. So this week's toast is going to go out. We're going to pour one out for Kevin Conroy. We're going to pour one out for JDF, uh, and then we're going to celebrate our Patreon producers. Uh, we have My Name is Mayo. We have MZ Nitro. We have Sadit. We got Redbeard Rick. We got CJ, the Affectatious Donk, and we have a brand new patron named Johnny. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. Who's that? My turn. <laughs> <laughs> Time to meet the Green Ranger. <laughs> Also, real quick, while I'm celebrating, thank you guys all for the the subscribers on the YouTube. This sounds really silly, uh, but I launched my own personal YouTube channel, and I've got 25 subs on it. Uh, 25 is, is definitely a drop in the bucket compared to what's out there. But uh, for all you guys to jump on there and watch these flea market, these hunting videos that I've been doing, looking for video games and cool video game-related stuff, has been awesome. And the comments have been great, too. So. Thank you guys so much for the support. I'm pumping out new videos and I've got some cool stuff lined up. So we'll see what happens, but we're not going to do a whole bunch of housekeeping here. I'll come back later in the show and do that guys. Mark Thomas tonight, we're here to celebrate the, the lives and the work of two of the, in my opinion, two of the most iconic figures in our entertainment medium and, and our interests in our circles like these guys represent such huge parts of the i don't want to say nerd culture necessarily but just when it comes to batman and the green slash white power ranger i mean i would argue those are two of the most iconic figures in entertainment in my lifetime so i'm going to start with you mark like what, what do you think would you would you rank those two guys as pretty iconic hundred percent, especially for like our generation. I'm turning 37 Batman, the animated series and power Rangers, both coming out early nineties. Like, so basically for the last power Rangers is hitting its 30th anniversary next year. And yep. Batman, the animated series just did as well. So you figure since I was six and seven, this has been like more a part of my life than any other stuff. Cause a lot of shows have come and gone, but like you think Batman, yes, some people think of the movies and be like, oh, was it, you know, Val Kilmer, Batman? No, usually the first name is Kevin Conroy. That's right. That's just like how Mark Hamill is the Joker. Yep. Like, yes, you could say Luke Skywalker. Star Wars is a thing, but let's face it, it's Batman. And like for me, especially Power Rangers, Power Rangers was a huge thing. That's how I got into martial arts. I have a black belt because I watched Power Rangers. Like, and I've gone to a lot of conventions. And the JDF one hit me really hard. I actually haven't talked. I haven't tweeted about it. I haven't talked about it in any videos or any podcast since it happened. Because me and my wife just met him in September. Like, I was at Palomorphicon in Pasadena. I just met him. And I've met him more than a dozen times at conventions. I've met him outside of conventions, just around the like San Diego when he was out for Comic-Con. So for me, I'm like, I've met Con Kevin Conroy twice. And both of them, like getting to meet them was like the only time I was ever like, like in awe and starstruck. Yeah. Cause you know, you go to conventions, you see a lot of people. It's like, 
two people who like shaped the entertainment of my childhood and my life. And the Kevin Conroy one was tough, but like we knew he was sick, you know, right. things like that. The JDF one was just so out of left field because yep. it's the prime example of you don't know what people are going through. Because like I said, I just saw him two months ago. He, when his signing line, like when he was supposed to be done signing, he didn't stop because there were still people in line. He stayed an extra almost two hours to make sure everyone who was in line got a signature. He didn't want to be like, oh, that's that's my three hours to sign. Sorry, guys, I got to go. It's like, no, he stayed. And he smiled yeah. and didn't complain the whole time. And I was just like, I just, you know, it's like, that's that one hit hard. That's why I didn't even like say anything about it. I'm like, so I was just like, I have to process this for a bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then Thomas flipping over to you, would you, would you agree that these are two pretty iconic characters in our uh, lifetime when it comes to entertainment? Well, there's nothing like hearing the voice of Kevin and he was so different. And what I mean is, is is when uh, Mark talked about movies and he talked about Batman, you talk about Val Kilmer, the movie I think of Ralph the Bat is Mask of the Phantasm. Probably the yes. best Batman movie ever put out in that year. I agree. You, they should have gave Mark Hamill a damn Oscar for that performance. That was the best performance ever. And and it, I think even Kevin said something about that that performance in that movie changed him as a performer him himself. Um, and if you if you haven't watched that movie, please go back and watch that movie. You will. You will love it. It will stay with you. There's so many iconic lines in it. Uh, Mark Hamill is amazing in it, but so was Kevin. And it's just, it's the humanization of Batman. It's the best way to describe it. That's the that's the only time you ever felt like Batman was really one of us. It was just he was a yep. man that that was just like just that one little thing could have teetered him back to being just a normal person, and all of a sudden it was lost and just just like that. And uh, yep. when it when it comes to um Tommy, because I'm always going to call him Tommy, okay. Uh, you when, when you were saying that you know uh, you were seven, dude, I was already a teenager at the time, and uh, like like up there teenager, and uh, you know I thought Power Rangers kind of lame, but then you know I saw Amy Joe Johnson, and I thought the rest of Power Rangers sucked, man. But then like <laughs> yo man, the Green Ranger was kick ass because not only because he's green and green's my favorite color. But he's like, color. you know, good looking dude and actually knows like many different forms of karate. I mean, it wasn't yep. just he was an actor. This is a guy who's been doing karate since the age of four. He knows what he's doing. You know, he actually helped everybody else. I'm sure he probably did most of his own stunts. And this is a guy who kept learning more and more karate as thing went by. Like, uh, I think he has what a black, like an eighth degree black belt and uh was it Shin Shinkado karate and then Jeez. a couple of other black belts. And then like, I think he also has like a, a purple belt in jujitsu, something like that. The yeah, guy he has five different ones, right? Now. Yeah. Like, and, he had five and then not only that, like he actually fought in the MNA and won. He actually did a couple of other, um, um, mixed martial arts fights and won. So the guy like was smart enough, like, yo, I want, I'm going to retire undefeated pieces. But you know, he, <laughs> he's been like all these different Power Rangers movie, and he's been the mainstay in Power Rangers for like many, many, many years. That's the one thing. It's like I hope Tommy's going to come back. I always yep, hope Tommy's yep. going to come back. And thing was, is like, dude, dude, 
again, I was like a, an older teenager at the time, but like I was heartbroken when him and Amy, you know, him and the Pink Ranger didn't work out in that letter, you know. Like, yes. Oh, man. Oh, the Dear John letter. Yeah. Yes. That was horrible, dude. Ah. <laughs> oh. And, and like, I was like shooken up by that. I was like, oh, man. And it was like, it's okay, though, dude. You're badass. You, you, you'll That's get a right. No relationship ever mattered in Power Rangers, in my opinion, outside of those two. That was Absolutely. that was the quintessential. And they actually had real chemistry. It wasn't like something forced of like, hey, um, this week I have to pretend to be with somebody. It was like, you know what? These two could probably be together, even though she was Canadian. These two could probably be, <laughs> to, be together and enjoy each other. Oh, and, that's amazing. And, 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 you know, things would have worked out. And, you know, I, I love for the fact that, you know, he's from California. He's a laid back, chilled dude. And when you talked about people signing autographs long after people were, were gone, um, I'm just going to just swerve it real quick. Shawn Michaels, before he won the championship, I was in um, New York. I was in New Windsor, New York. I was at the mall and he was supposed to leave two hours beforehand and he signed every freaking autograph, man. So I don't know what other people's experiences are with Shawn Michaels, but he signed my autograph as a kid. So I love, I love Shawn Michaels and the respect that he had for his fans at the time. I don't know how he personally felt. He may have been high on Coke and trying to get down, but um, <laughs> back then, <laughs> yeah, back then. But yep. the thing is, Tommy, um, you know, uh, Frank, he cared about his fans and you can see it in every video, man. This guy was always positive. And, uh, you know, anybody who is, you know, I hate to bring this up. I'll, I'll bring it up a, a different time at the show or whatever, but if you're suffering with something or you're going through something or you're having a form of depression, reach out. You don't have to reach out to your friends, man. Reach out to people online any man right. will be willing to help you. you. You are never alone. You know, you can hit me up on PlayStation, hit anybody up on PlayStation, come to my channel, talk to me, whatever. You know, if there's something bothering you, man, we can work it out, dude. There is no reason to end yourself. Period. You know what? I, that, I, I, I second that so strongly. And we've had those conversations on the podcast over the years. It's not something that we reiterate often, but... Man, this this situation with him killing himself, dude, freaking stung. And I, I've said this on the show recently. You know, years ago, someone had wrote in and said, "Hey, if you could meet a celebrity, who would it be?" And that was who I said because I've followed JDF for so many years outside of Power Rangers, outside of MMA. You know, I, I have, and it's because his positivity and the way he treated his fans and the way he did his little vlogs and videos, it was like so genuine and so attractive in the sense that like, this is like a dude that really, really loves the position he's been given. And then, and I mentioned this before last week, you know, whenever he, he came out that he was a, a Christian, he was a believer. I was like, and maybe I said it on Patreon, but either way, that was like, that really kind of reignited. Like, I was like, you know what? That that's the thing that, that I knew there was something about his joy and about his like attitude. There was something about him that kind of like, grab my attention but then he's seeing that and hearing the story back. let me bring this Go back to it. batman and let me bring this back to the joker you're one bad day away from throwing it all away we yeah you, from being the villain you, yep from being the villain from basically doing something bad to yourself because we are so emotional as human beings we lose sight of anything else because we're constantly you know being bombarded all the time with different things and you know, when you talk about Kevin, I always say, is it 
I always say Conroy, but I, I always don't want to say yeah. Conrad. Um, but you know, when you talk about him, you know, his character and his emotions as a character, you know, um, you always felt anytime that he was playing Batman that he was just one bad day away from snapping, but he doesn't snap. It's like in the uh what is it, the the Red Hood movie where he talks about, you know, I've always wanted to kill the Joker, but if I did, you know, I would cross that line and I would never be the same. And and when you come to mental health, right, you know, regardless of how positive or how how much of, of a person you are, you know, anger is the devil's cocaine. And he loves it when you're angry and you're mad. And, uh, you know, and regardless of, of how you see, you know, your, your spiritual self or whatever, it, all it takes is just one little tap on the shoulder to change you forever and not, in, not in a good yep. way. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. And that, that was one of the things that was just so sad to me. Cause it was like, you see that positivity and you see, I mean, I watched my mighty morphin life and I watch his little vlogs and I watched the, I mean, granted, I don't keep up with it current, but I'll go through like a run of videos on Facebook of him doing signings and cameos. And then just like, boom, out of nowhere, he's gone. So just to kind of circle back to what you had said earlier, you know, I, I if there's anyone listening to this show and to loot bros, yeah, reach out. You know what I'm saying? If you're struggling, reach out. Freaking, I have people hit me up on Facebook. Guys, I have people that hit me up on Facebook. They have, I don't know them, but they'll see me posting. As my, I'm going to tell a story real quick. There's a, I, I posted some, uh, I, I mean, I, I, it's no secret on this show that I am, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. And so what I'll do is I'll post every now and again on social media, just like from a picture of our worship service at church and the church I'm going to right now, guys, the musicians are so insanely good. It is just, it is mind blowing. They're so good. Like I've been to a lot of churches. I've played in a lot of bands. I've done a lot of traveling. I've played hundreds of shows. I've been around musicians my whole life. These guys are so incredibly good they'll take a song and do a rendition of it that just it's like i know that song but just the way they present it is so so incredible so what i'll do is on some sunday mornings i'll do it every sunday i'll I'll just take a picture of the worship service and just post it like man this is this is hitting this is incredible so i've had people reach out to me on facebook and they're not necessarily they don't share the same belief system that i do and they've reached out to me and ex- and expressed their depression, expressed their alcoholism and their, you know, their coping mechanisms and all that stuff, you know. And I'll tell anyone that I come in contact with, whether it's through f- social media and Facebook, through posting about church, whether it's just having a conversation about video games and Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers and Batman on a podcast. It, you know, guys, if you're struggling and you reach out, you know, say I'm available. You know, Thomas, as I said, he's available. I mean, like, you know, Mark, you've got your crew of people. You've got your audience. You got people yeah. you've been dealing with. Yeah, I, I, I get know. emails all the time, especially when this JDF thing happened. A lot of us like were in Discord together, just talking about it and everything yeah. else. We're just I'm like, yo, this is man account for seventy-five percent of suicide rates. So yeah, you know, we we're, and, and we're and, told and, and, all the time we're alone. We're told all the time that hey, man up. You know. The thing is, we do man up, and the thing is, we man up a little too much, and that's the problem. The problem is that you know we we get so caught up in ourselves of like, hey man, we gotta be the toughest sob, we gotta be blah blah blah. Yep. Rather than realizing, man, just just talk to somebody. It just being able to talk to somebody. I ain't talking about paying somebody to psychoanalyze you and tell you that 
oh, well, you should let your wife sleep with random strangers. Uh, no, psychopath. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, how about, how about this? How about I basically talk to somebody who, you know, shares the same interest as me in video games or same interest as me in WWE or, you know, some form of wrestling whatsoever or just, just interest. And then basically we just have a talk about, you know, things that excite us or things that keep us going and then try to motivate somebody to go on. And because look, every day you get up and I'm talking to anybody out there, you get up, you put your shoes on, you go to work, do a job you don't like, or, or, or actually maybe do something you don't like. You are a hero to somebody because you're taking care of your family. You're making your world better. And you may say, oh, well, I'm just doing this because, you know, my comic book collection or whatever. No, you're not doing it for your comic book collection, bro. You're doing it because you love yourself and you love your life. Life is too precious to throw it away over nothing. That's right. That's right. I second that. I don't think I could have said any better. So that was, that's awesome. So guys, if you're listening and you're struggling, reach out. You know what I'm saying? Um, that being said, you know, we're here to celebrate. We're here to talk about the influence and the um, excitement that these two gentlemen brought into our lives. Um, and so I, I was going to start with Batman. You know, I mean, we, we kind of highlighted it, but I think we've already found ourselves leaning a hard on JDF. So I'm going I'm to switch it around, guys, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about JDF uh, to start. And then I'm going to sample in in the show. I'm going to sample in some clips and some sound bites and stuff like that for you know, from Power Rangers and from Batman, some some fun and iconic lines and sound effects and things of that nature. And, uh, you know, but I just kind of want to start with you guys. And, you know, I will, we'll just go in order like we did before. Martin, then Thomas, like what was your first experience with the Green Ranger? Uh, Green with evil. Part one. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny, like. So I've been adamant on the internet, like especially in recent months, like with the anniversary and like the newest seasons of Power Ranger stuff, getting back into that scene and that like community, like I wasn't actually a big Green Ranger fan. I like Tommy. I just I mean, green is a great one of my favorite colors, but like I was always like a Blue Ranger fan. But like going back and I we actually recently re- uh, me and my wife, we rewatched the 1995 movie that was in theaters. Oh, so great, God, that was so good. Yeah, and so watching it, and I was just like, "All right," I was like, "I got to rewatch the show again." So I this over the summer, I actually just went through through the first three seasons into Zio. So I was like, "I'll be watching it," and I was like, "Man, this like just from a like Tommy's character, I didn't realize he had so much like really." like deep character arcs in there. Like he even had his real life, like brother playing. Yeah. In the, like, and I was just like, I didn't notice all that. It's like when you're a kid, you don't, you don't get the nuances of it and everything. But like going back as adult, I was like, I thought this was a kid show. I was like, and look at these like messages that are included. It's not just, a, Oh, let's get around. Bullying's bad or do your homework messages. It's like there's messages about finding out who you are as a person. And, you're know where you come from and your roots. And I'm like, this is, it was always tied around his character. And then I forgot he came back as JDF came back as Tommy with a doctor. He was a yes. doctor later on. Dr. I, was like, Oliver, I, completely, yep. I completely forgot about that. And I was like, it was an anniversary season and just like watching all this stuff. And I was like, man, like going from as a kid when like green ranger came out and like, I don't know, like all the, the toys because i recently also watched this netflix show the toys that made us and they had a power ranger episode. yeah and i 
didn't I forgot how hectic it was when he his when Tommy's character debuted and that merch came out how bad Toys R Us were turning oh, yes. KB Toys were turning into and like there's a long overall like longevity of that character because Thomas brought it up about and you did as well Daryl about him then the fans but where all the other actors try to move on from Power Rangers he never like shunned that side of his career he was right. never like like a lot of the actors I've met a lot of them I talked with a lot of them you know and you see interviews where it's like they kind of wanted to shy away it was almost like a black eye on their career because they just wanted to like be serious actors so to speak but it's yeah. like he never turned his back on that he brought when he was in when he went to MMA undefeated three and out the first fight he had the guy mocked the it's more from time he's like i'm gonna knock out the green ranger and he knocked the guy out first round in under a minute <laughs> yes he did the running knee it got and then he won another one by tap out the set but he was always like even with his trunks and his promotional shots he would have a green ranger helmet with him or white yep. ranger he was constantly so he was reminding everyone in all these other meetings hey i was a power ranger you like that's not something in my career that I hate. He's like, yes, that's why I'm where I am. And he even says it in all his interviews. Like, you know, he does it for the fans and that he actually like enjoyed everything. It's not something he regrets or wish he didn't do. Right. Yeah. He's proud of it, man. And I think yeah. that that's why the character stayed around. That's why he was in the comic books. That's why he was Lord Dracon. Or, or, that's why yeah. his, his image is synonymous with Power Rangers. Fun thing that you brought up, Draken. Did you know he funded most of that for the video promotion that they made for that? He actually paid for most of that How did out that? of his own pocket. And he actually helped with Kyle Higgins come up with the idea for how they were going to film that special. He even uh, was the special contributor and person they talked to when the, he got his own Soul of the Dragon trade paperback. Yeah. So he like, so it's he wasn't just an actor playing that role. He knew that character he like so he not only was like oh i'm just reading a script like no he embodied tommy tommy was an extension of him which is why it resonated with so many people that's right why you know he cared enough like let's face it filming a commercial is not cheap right and then he right. did all the stuff with bat in the sun oh and yeah. then he had the legend of white dragon which is still coming out next year that he put a lot of his own money into because he when he does something that he believes in he puts everything into it which I can appreciate. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Thomas, what about you? When did you come into contact with the Green Ranger? I'll be honest with you, man. I was dating this one chick up in New York at the time, and uh, it just happened to be on the background while I was trying to get some tail. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, wait a second. Wait a second. When Rita threw her <laughs> wand down, when she said, Magic wand, make my monster grow, it was actually making your monster grow. I was pretty much, that. man. <laughs> girl. Make my monster grow. I need dragons for power. Uh, I believe the girl's name was Carly. I, I, Carly something. I can't think of her. I, I can't think of her last name, but, uh, she's redhead. She's from Seattle. Um, and, uh, it was really weird, man. Cause I was like, what, is, what is this? Cause usually I, I, I can't stand that type of show, you know, cause I, 
you know, because I used to watch Inspector Man uh, back when I was a kid uh, when we were still in TBS. Yes, I used to steal cable as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but Inspector Man was um basically, I guess, the American version or, or the Korean ver- knockoff version of uh, Ultraman. So yeah. anybody who knows anything about that, look that up. But yeah, it was on in the background, and I saw the Green Ranger, and he, you know, he was kind of mean. He was kind of like, but he was kind of like a badass. Like you know, chicks digged him. Like, dude, that's a cool dude, man. And all of a sudden, I started watching the damn well, what I consider a kid show because I'm like, I'm like either seventeen or eighteen, probably eighteen. I'll, I'll say I, I'm gonna say I'm eighteen or seventeen, and I'm watching a kid show, and I'm thinking, dude, I like this guy, and I started watching the show because I thought it was kind of lame, you know, and then I said. This dude's cool, and his arc, just like uh, Mark said, his arc was amazing. He wasn't presented as, hey, don't do drugs, man. Don't do X, Y, Z. And then all you can think of is the South Park episode of, like, I'm doing all the drugs I can because these people are lame. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) he was a down-to-earth character. He seemed real. He didn't seem phony. And the one thing I can say that most struck, you know, stuck out to me is I just like how he came off and it looked like he was doing real martial arts, which apparently I guess he was trying to do real martial arts in the actual show. And that really stuck out to me, man, because I've always loved the martial arts since growing up as a child. And I boxed myself. Uh, I, I, I always try to do karate, but I was like, I don't know. I didn't have the discipline, but I had the discipline for boxing, if that makes any sense. But, um, no, I, I just loved uh, the Green Ranger. I don't know what it was about Tommy. It just, and then of course, you know, Amy Joe Johnson. If you didn't love Amy Joe Johnson, you should probably uh, rethink your life. Uh, <laughs> I still love Amy Joe Johnson. Dude, that, she's dude, that still was uh, gorgeous. Tell me you're beautiful this... without telling me you're beautiful thirty years, you know, later when you're still like, you know, it's like you, you know, it's like you know the mill for like um, you know, like the crush you had as a little boy. It's like when I was a little boy, I used to have a crush on Madonna. And hey, you know, I, I was like, you know, like seven or eight, but you know, she's like, you know, 30. And like now, like when I see her, <laughs> I'm like, um, no. <laughs> um that's that's a crush I can pass on, but I still won't sell my Hayek. I'm but I'm assuming everybody else does too. Uh, I about to say she doesn't age, so she's she found the fountain of youth. Yeah, she did. So but yeah, dude, it's crazy. Like I saw I was watching a video with Amy Joe singing the other day and she looks so much. She looks the same. Just, I mean, you can tell she's older, but she, you can tell she doesn't, she still doesn't wear a ton of makeup. And that was the thing about that character that was so impressive at the time. It was, she wasn't like some, she wasn't dressed. She wasn't portrayed as some Barbie doll. You know what I'm saying? She seemed very plain this Jane. Is why you probably like plain girl Jane girls door. yourself is because you don't want to deal with a girl who wears a ton of makeup. Cause I don't want to wake up. I, I don't want to go to bed with um Padme, then wake up with uh Darth Vader. There you go. <laughs> so I was gonna make a joke, but my wife can hear me, so <laughs> I want so, I gotta make it at least one year. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, make it make it that first year. So my first experience was was the airing of that first episode, guys. I I watched Power Rangers from the beginning. Um I was oh man, elementary school, middle school. I was that prime demographic. I'm 38 years old now, so like whatever. Grade, man. Yeah, whatever time it it came out, I was coming home and watching the afternoon, you know, TV shows like you normally would. Power Rangers came on, and I was like, "Whoa, what is this?" It is, and 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 I was raised in a home. My my father owned a video store back when that was a viable business model, so. 
watching movies was like our family thing. So my dad worked a ton of hours throughout the week. And then on the weekend, it was play sports outside until the evenings. And then we watch movies and play video games uh, until, you know, we crash. And so my time with my dad was watching Kung Fu films and watching horror movies. So like, you know, this was right up my alley when it came to, you know, the fighting. And I just, I was big into the Jackie Chan films and, you know, that was back when Jackie Chan couldn't speak English. So you, you know, it was just, you'd watch stuff come over and I mean, we, my dad loved Kung Fu films. And so when this show came on, it was like, Whoa, this, this is a, a show with fighting in it. This is awesome. And the putties were goofy, but yet like the perfect bad guy fodder. And then you had, you know what I'm saying? Cool monsters. And you had, and I was, a, I was raised, like just grew up as my, some of my earliest memories are watching Godzilla, the old Godzilla films. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, wait a second. You had these giant Kaiju fights and fighting. Like, this is amazing. And this was, it was for me, it was, it was all my favorite things. So growing up, I had all the action figures. I had all, I had the Power Rangers gloves that made oh. them, that made the noises. Like, I had the Megazord, like I had it all. And when the Green Ranger came out, like that was the culmination of all of my favorite things. And just that iconic whistle blow when he, when he pulls his, da- his dragon dagger out and blows in the, in the flute and makes that noise and summons the dragon sword. Like my brother and I, which he was much young. I mean, my brother's four, four and a half years younger than me. So he was like really young when we watched this, but we grew up watching power Rangers. And then when the show would go off, we would have our, you remember, you guys remember the first series power Ranger action figures that you push down on their belt and their heads would spin over. Yeah, and it the would morphing be, ones. Yeah. The morphing ones. Yeah. And like they re-released the, those not too long ago and those things were i bought all of them (laughs) they had them at walmart for like eight bucks yeah i bought all of them i couldn't couldn't not get them they're so cool man so cool so yeah i mean i just i was inundated with it and it used to be a thing so when like all the neighborhood kids when they'd come to my house we would all have our ranger gloves you know and it was always a a fight over who's going to be the Green Ranger and who's going to be the Red Ranger. Now, for me, I like Billy. I like the Blue Ranger, like you said earlier. I was, I was finding it's funny that you that you said that because I w- I'm a Donatello fan. So, like Donatello being kind of the nerdy Ninja Turtle with the bow staff, and then Billy being the nerdy Power Ranger. Like those, I really like those two. But like the cream of the crop was 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 JDF, man. Just Tommy's the Green Ranger. And then when he became the White Ranger, and then when the freaking movie came out, like you mentioned the movie earlier, like going to the movie theater with my family, you guys remember how much merchandise came out with that movie? Freaking I have Burger most of that King. Oh my gosh, you Burger King was doing stuff. You, they had the, um, they had the cups. They had the little, the little morphin coins. I mean, it was, I, they had the, uh, the, the ninja action figures. Yeah, they, and then uh, they had those what the like the twelve inch ones that came in like the triangle boxes. Yes, with the yes, front. yes. Oh, so it was much. awesome, man. It was awesome. But that movie, like that movie, still holds up today. Like my kids just went through a, in the past couple years went through a bit of a Power Rangers phase, and so we started. We watched all the episodes of the first season. I bought the movies. I bought Turbo. I bought the uh, the ninety five movie with Ivan Ooze. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. dude. That was so, so freaking and that good. Soundtrack was so good that I actually, well, she's listening. I don't care. I got them 
during the wedding song stuff to play Van Halen's Dreams. And he's like, that's such a great song. I'm like, I know it's on the Power Rangers soundtrack. Dude, that's one of my favorite songs of all time, dude. I mean, I'm a Van Hagar fan, <laughs> or my wife is a, a is a Van Halen fan because she only recognizes David Lee Roth. Um, but that is such a that's <laughs> what that's one of my favorite songs, man. That's a yeah. great brand. And, and everyone was asking me, like, you picked that song? Like, yeah, they're like, Oh, it's such a great like my dad and everyone's like, Oh, you like power bells or something? Like, I know, right? It's on the Power Ranger soundtrack. And I kept having to say that to multiple people. I'm like, Yeah, that's why I chose that. I'm like, yeah, it's a good song, but it, it's not the Power Ranger soundtrack, and I don't think she's gonna let me play the heavy, the heavy rock version of the Power Ranger theme song. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's uh, and the uh, Thomas brought this up. You know, when you saw it, like doing real, like JDF did do all of his own stunts and all his own martial arts because I've seen the Japanese inspired Sentai for this called Zoo Ranger, yep. and the Green Ranger was only in it for like three episodes total. So they had they didn't have a lot of footage to use. So he did a lot of his own stunts and they were able to milk, you know, the Green Ranger as much as it because in the Japanese counterpart, literally the Green Ranger's barely in there. That's why the Dragon Zord entering always looked the same. And <laughs> yeah. he was always in similar areas using the Dragon Dagger at first, because they and he wasn't after his first run, he like before he came a good Green Ranger, that was supposed to be it, but he was so popular and he was so good. They brought him back as to be on the, as the Green Ranger, as a good guy. And it messed up a lot of Saban's plans for how to use the footage because they had no more. And that's why they, abruptly he was gone. And then they brought him back as the White Ranger, which was also equally as hard because that White Ranger was from a completely different series. So anytime you saw the White Ranger suit with the regular Power Rangers, that was all him in suit because they didn't have any footage because those were two different seasons. So he did so much work. Man, it was, it was worth it, too. It was worth it. I was now I got to say when he became the White Ranger, I mean, I thought that my hype level and my like love for the character was was I didn't think I was going to be able to like anything more than the Green Ranger. But, dude, that White Ranger suit was just like sheer perfection. Everything about him being the White Ranger was just amazing. In the build up to Billy going through the vents and seeing like the little suit being worked on. And then he came down from this yeah. light from the ceiling. And I'm like. The hype level is ridiculous. It was so ridiculous. Nerding out so hard as a kid, man. And like just everything, that whole era of Power Rangers. And I, I, I've i gone back and like I said, I've watched a lot of it. I haven't watched everything. But man, that first initial run, if was it was it two or three seasons before they changed? It was three. It was like almost three seasons until it was like, then it went to Zeo. Right, where right. he became the Red Ranger, but yeah, it was like two and a half, three seasons. While What's it your was favorite Power, Power Ranger game? <sighs> okay, on Sega, there's two yes. versions of this. There's a Power Rangers one where you actually could be in their civilian forms and then morph, but it also had, and it was like you know, Streets of Rage, side scrolling, beat yep. up. Yep. But it also had Zord fights. But then, no one ever talks about this. On the Super Nintendo, oh, there was just, just a straight-up fighting game with the Zords and everything. And, and I that had that one. That great. was awesome. Love that one. My favorite one was the Sega CD, which is basically you're just playing like parts of the uh, the TV show, 
But it was still fun, man, because, you know, you got to play with all the characters. And even though by today's standards, it looks like trash because I just recently played it about a month ago, um, coincidentally enough. Uh, it's just like when I was playing it originally for the Sega CD, I thought it was just like a super cool game because like, hey, I'm actually playing these real characters. And it's like, again, this has been you thought the Sega CD was something amazing, but it was just really just it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I love Sega CD. By the way, freaking uh, was it Sewer Sharks? Yeah, that, that game was dope. Prize fight. So, yeah. Then what was that? Uh, it was it was an Eternal Sonata. Eternal was it Eternal Darkness was on there. No, uh, it, it was, was, a, it was uh, Eternal. No, um, Eternal Champions. It was a fight. Yes, game. Eternal Champions. The fighting game. Yeah. Sega, Sega uh, regular Sega cartridge, and then they did put it on the CD, and it was like a. Cu- like a Street Fighters edition, and I, you know, speaking of games, man, they should redo that in the HD and just bring that back and have Sega have like a good fighting game. That that was a cool fighting game. Not to get Heck off yeah. track, but that was a cool fighting game. Well, well, to circle us back around because I do agree that was an awesome fighting game. But like, I wanted to jump in on that question that you asked Thomas on the favorite Power Ranger games. So uh-huh. that one, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers on Super Nintendo, was definitely like the one that came to mind first. Um, and I, I have you guys played the uh, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid? Oh, I love that game. It's so really, much. really good. Is and that a card game? Still was getting support too. No, no, it's a it's a two D scroll fighter. Like with a really competent story with Tommy, you know, JDF as Lord, is it Dracon or Draken? Is it Draken? Draken, Lord Draken. Yeah. It's, it's and he did really, the voice really for all that too, the campaign. Yeah. Now, I would tell you what was not good was the Power Ranger game that came out um, on PS4, that little four player side scroll beat em up. You didn't like that? I mean, it was grindy for the levels, but I it was did. very I grindy. I thought it was kind of cool. It, okay, with- so. It was it was fine. The problem I had was I tried to play it with my son, and he just could not get the quick time down when we had the, oh, yeah. the Megazord stuff. And that really, really just made it very difficult to play with them. But I wanted to beat the game with my kid, you know? Um, just like they yeah. had the, the Stowed Canyon Hiver, three kids, and like Zach, Billy. So it's like, oh, you could have, you know... Uh, Rocky as the Red Ranger or Jason as the Red Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> Jason cool. will never be the Red Ranger. He's always green or white. Oh, no. I bet Jason, the, the, not Jason. The actual, yeah. Austin St. Yeah. John is the actor. Austin, yeah. The original Red Ranger. Yeah. The OG. Did yeah, he kill some good. people? No, that was, uh, oh, was it light? No, I don't want to. Listen. People, do not get mad if I get the season wrong. I didn't watch all the seasons because I got shit to do. Um, yeah. I think it was uh, not Lightspeed Rescue because that guy's cool. He was on that TV show Slasher, that Canadian horror show. He's a good actor. It was one of the later seasons. And he basically, it was kind of self-defense and like drugs were involved. But like he accidentally kind of sort of stabbed his roommate with a Killed sword. Killed his roommate, yeah. With a sword. Yeah, it was uh, Ricardo Medina Jr. was this guy's name, and it says it was in self-defense. Okay, what type of sword was it? Was it like the sword from Highlander, or was it the sword Uh, from like, I mean, was it a Claymore sword? I mean, it was, I I think it was smaller than a Claymore. (laughs) Wow, it says that there was one of them. 
was convicted of a triple murder. When, when, when he killed him, did he cut off his head and say there could only be only one? And then all of a sudden, Queen's played in the background? No, there's no Duncan McLeod or Princes of the Universe. Sadly. <laughs> that is a good, that's a great song. I love that one song. That's one of my one favorite, favorite songs from Queens ever. I wish I could have played yeah. that at my wedding. Uh, I couldn't. I, should, I, didn't, I didn't even like want to push it. So there, I just pulled up an article from 2008 where a former Power Rangers actor was convicted of a triple murder. Oh, geez. A Skylar Dillon or Dillon? D-E-L-E-O-N? I don't know. Either way, doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> but no, there's... <laughs> The rabbit yeah. hole, yeah. right? Oh no, trust. Listen, that we're barely on top of the iceberg. Yeah. Like, there's there's a whole deep dive, like dissertation. I'll send yeah. you a link to my PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. <laughs> so going back real quick to the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers on Sega CD, like that was the one that had like footage from the game from the show, and you yeah, actually did great. like almost almost quick time like yep. to fight putties and stuff. I I remember that one. That was my. My, another good one that a lot of people probably don't remember is wait, right when Zeo started after Mighty Morphin, regular Power Rangers, they put out like a Mario Kart game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, so basically it was like, it, it was Battle Racers think, yeah, or something think, like that. Yeah. Think of just Twisted Metal, but with Power Rangers before Twisted Metal was a thing. Oh, I got to look that up, man. That sounds good. And it was, it, it's, it's, it's. It's not good. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now. It's, it's not, not good. Um, but like, because I collect a lot of Power Ranger stuff. So I have a majority of the video games, even if I don't have the consoles to play them. Uh, like I have the Sega CD one, which can't play because I mine's broken. But they like. I didn't realize how much stuff we got back then for Power Rangers, because like when you're a kid, you're just like the new toy comes out. And you kind of like forget about the last like the toy before and i was doing some research because i recently started getting back into collecting more stuff vintage toys from the 90s so like trying to find power ranger stuff and street sharks and uh, reboot and superhuman samurai cyber squad stuff like that and i didn't realize how much stuff got released from 93 to 95 and it's almost like the point where I just want to like call my parents and apologize for how much stuff I made them buy. Because <laughs> I yeah. did. Because when you're a kid, you're like, "Oh, do action figure? Oh, what's action figure? Like two, f- four, or five bucks?" No, when I saw the prices of what they were even back then, I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "I was a horrible child. I was a bad offspring." So, do you guys remember uh, Power Rangers Dino Thunder on the GameCube? Yep. It was also was it up was it on PlayStation Two or PlayStation I, also? I think so. I think so. I have it on GameCube. I still have this one. This is one of the few Power Ranger games I still own. It's so funny it's because so. Correct? Um, dude, honestly, I don't remember a lot about it. I don't think I ever beat it. So, um, I just I just remember getting it. I did. I wasn't crazy about the Dino Thunder time frame. This one, that, it was season. It was basically remember the PlayStation One like Beast Wars video game. It's kind of like that. You play as the Zords the whole time. Yeah, and it's yeah. like third person over the shoulder. And you like you know it's somewhat platformer, and then there's boss battles. I I have it on PS2, uh, but yeah, I remember that one. That one was it was kind of it, fun, it but it was bad. that weird phase. It was that weird phase of graphics yeah. and platformers where they just were clunky. 
to an extent. Yep. Yep. So, um, but yeah, that one, that's one. It's so funny because so myself and our co-host, Zach Ledford, the bearded nerd, we've been doing these challenges, right? So for the past couple months, we've been challenging each other because we both collect and, and, and fill up games pretty regular now. And so we were like, Hey, we did a challenge um, in October to find the, like the a spooky game, scary games, right? So the, the most valuable scary game for less than $20. Okay. And then in, in November we did a $1 video game challenge. So who can find the most valuable game in the wild uh, on film for $1 or you, know, you can trade up and things like that. So we did that for our respective YouTube channels. And we just kind of like issue these challenges back and forth to each other. And one of the things that he's doing personally is he's doing, he's collecting one of every Power Ranger game um, in the wild. And I thought about doing a monthly challenge with him where on one of our challenge, you know, like not December because December we already have lined up, but maybe January or something say, Hey, who can find the most valuable Power Ranger game in the wild? for less than 20 bucks. You know, we like to put like a weird, like a monetary cap on there. So that a, we're not just running to the local game store and buying the most expensive thing we can find. Like it forces you to go and look and be creative and to wheel and deal with people. Um, so I don't know. We might, I might, uh, now that this has happened, you know, all this is taking place. Maybe, maybe I will put, you know, move that up to the, a little higher up on the list. And so, you because you got to play yourself a trip out to San Diego then, because I got a place where you can find a lot of vintage toys and games and they have a whole entire wall of steel book Blu-rays. Oh my gosh. They go to the best world. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what they say. So, go to the best sea world. They have a really good sea world there in San Diego. We do. Traffic is horrible over there, but I actually so live near there. Awesome, it's actually man. a pain. Yeah. Heck yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So definitely, I guess the big takeaway on the games portion of this conversation is um, go play Battle for the Grid. It's an excellent yes. fighting game. I actually have a copy of it sealed in the box um, that nice. will, I will probably never open, and especially now. And I will say also with Battle for the Grid and also J- JDF, uh, this if you're not a big fan of the comics or the boom ones, there was a whole thing called shattered grid where Lord Draken, which was a different universe. Tommy as a villain, this game plays the whole entire story arc of that comic out with him voicing Draken and pseudo narrating it as well. And I, as someone who read, who's I still collect the comics issue one Oh two just came out. So 102 issues deep, I will say, like even Tommy on the comics has been really good, but his portrayal doing the voice of Jack and narrating it, like I didn't think it would be that good because the comics were really good. And very rarely do I say this, that video game adaptation of it was almost better than the comic. It's, it's very good. I haven't read the comics for those. Unfortunately, I do own some, but I don't have like a full run. Uh, but dude, that that whole story arc of him as Draken and everything is awesome. And Thomas, I, I I don't know if you've played this game yet, Battle for the Grid, but like you have like Green Ranger Tommy, you have White Ranger Tommy in there, and then you have Evil, you know, Draken Tommy, and it's its representation of the Power Rangers in general is really freaking good. Um, but that those those particular characters, and it's on um it's on the Switch. I don't know if yep. you guys are into. That. I have it on the Switch. 
I will look into it. I do have a switch. I just have yet to look into it. I will look into that. Yep. I, it's funny because I'm sitting here looking at it right now on eBay and it's, it's reasonably priced, but I'm like, man, that needs to be one of my, on my list of games to find in the wild. I need to find myself a copy of this on the switch. They've, uh, they treated it kind of like a street fighter situation where we got the regular physical release, then the deluxe edition release when season yep. one DLC was done. And then we got the super deluxe after, and because I'm a, completionists like you like to hunt games down i have a physical of each one <laughs> yes <laughs> i shouldn't but i do so it's funny because they're power I, ranger song out of all the power rangers what is your favorite power ranger song ooh, all the oh, that's a good versions, question what is your like the song that sticks out with you that you can sing in the shower without like you know and not missing a beat go There's, green ranger go yeah i was gonna say from just a song definitely go Green Ranger Go, but from a theme song, man, that Zeo one starts off so good with that harmonizing Zeo where they're like almost like gospel style that the guitar kicks in. It's like, oh. Well, although none of their uh, theme songs ever have any good breakdowns in them. So that's yeah. you, know, like. <laughs> you are correct on that one. So, yeah, I, I'd say Go Green Ranger Go is like the one that just sticks in my head all the time. Yeah. Like when I think about Power Rangers, that's the one. Yeah. The movie one is still really good with that guitar solo, though. Yeah, that is true. I will say this, too. When I think about Power Rangers songs, even though it's not a Power Rangers song, but that that um, uh, Keep On Rocking song in the in the Power Rangers movie, the 95 movie, where everyone's on their roller skates. Oh, yeah. It's like... Wasn't that a Red Hot Chili Peppers cover of Higher Ground? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Higher Ground. Because I was like... I know this the older version of the song, and it's like that's Red Hot Chili Peppers doing yep. a cover. Didn't they also have a Christmas special as well? Yes, Alpha's Magical Christmas. Oh, I don't know that I've seen that. I have a copy of it on VHS. Whoa! As well as the Green Rangers Martial Arts Instructions, two VHSs where he actually teaches you some fundamentals and basics of martial arts. That is amazing. The Alpha's Magical Christmas, though, was that's actually they saved Christmas, obviously, from a monster that was trying to ruin Christmas. You know, when you talk about Christmas, you know, I can't help but think of what would you need for Christmas and what would look good on you or basically what would look good in a stocking stuffer. And speaking of which, what about stocking stuffers? (laughs) <laughs> i i think that that is a excellent question and as far as stocking stuffers go you can head on over to the loot bros um store frontier and get yourself a nice loot bros t-shirt for a very very reasonable price i often say on the show that our t-shirts are marked down as low as they will let me do it we do use a third-party print on demand shop and if you look into the show notes on any platform that you're listening to the show, you can find a link to our store frontier and get yourself a Loot Bros podcast shirt. You can get yourself a Loot Bros comic cast shirt that, hey, our good friend Mark over there has been a guest on multiple times. Yes, I And have. you can get the latest Loot Bros poop sock shirt, which we should probably do a Christmas version of that. A poop stocking shirt. So, all right, guys. That's a really a good segue. It almost ruined it. Really I was good. like, why are we talking about sock? Like, <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, depending on the the size of your the the, the Christmas stocking stuffers, I mean, you could fit like one of the more uh, Super Seven reaction figures in there. They're only like four and a half inches now, tall. Now you're and I'm from like, California, oh, wait. correct? Yes, I am. 
Okay, now the well, red hot chili I live peppers. Here. Okay, the red hot chili peppers, since you brought them up earlier, you know, they actually had an, I don't know if it was an album color, but I remember reading a heavy metal magazine back when I was in Texas, and, it was, and they were being sponsored by Metallica, and they all they had on was socks on their um, private yep. areas, and it was yep. probably like one of the coolest things ever that this band just happened to have on socks on their private areas, and it was just like so weird, and then every time I think of them, I think of, uh, it's, I'm, I'm going to bring this back to video games, uh, Beavis and Butthead when they did um the Beavis and Butthead movie and they did Roller Coaster. Uh, oh, yeah. Roller Coaster. Yeah, Sam that was another good. good. Another good movie soundtrack. Yes, yep. and and uh, that Sega Genesis Beavis and Butthead game was awesome. Yeah. Oh, when you have to get the Guar tickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So good. But yeah, no, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think about that. Like now I'm like caught off guard and I'm like, okay, what was the album? Because like I'm huge fan in a lot of their to my chili peppers yeah well i don't think it was an album cover i know it was a mag they did a magazine i don't think it was an actual album cover where they did that i thought it was the actual cover that they actually did that as well i don't i don't know i know that they they played live that way a bunch so oh flea was very uh yeah yeah he was all about showing the dingus yeah constantly but yeah i know Actually, because he's brought up California, I actually went to the fictional area where the uh, Angel Grove was located, which is up oh, in wow. the LA area. Because I was just like, I've only well, I lived out here almost a decade, and I was just like, that's one of the spots I want to go to. And I'm like, hey, look right over there, that's where they fought this. And I was like, they kind of kept it still the same. They modified the park, you know, there's more like playscapes, but they kept it nice and clean. You could see some of like the the direct areas where stuff was filmed. Did they and shoot some of that, that was, also in Knott's Berry Farm as well? Yes. Uh, Knott's Berry Farm got, like, which I actually was just there a month or I so ago. I love Knott's Berry Farm, man. So so beautiful, yeah. so awesome. Do, do they still yeah, have they, the Tijuana taxis? They do. Yes. At least I think they still do. I'm not 100% sure, actually. I fell asleep on those. All right, guys. Well, uh, you know, Mark, you touched on it earlier. The Power Rangers comic books. I would like for you to, you, I would, in my opinion, are going to be the expert on the Power Rangers comics, but I would like for you to just kind of dig a little bit deeper into JDF's, uh, you know, appearances in there and the character of Draken and just, you know, I know you've kind of danced around it based on our yeah. other, you know, but like, give us give us a little bit more info about that one because, man, that was that was just such an awesome portrayal of him. So, uh, twenty fifteen is when the the Power Ranger comic started. It started with Boom Studios. They were like at the time they were considered an indie studio. They didn't really have much, and they brought in uh, Kyle Higgins, and he, you know his first thing they stuck with obviously Mighty Morphin. Uh, it didn't have Tommy right off the bat. Uh, they kind of treated it still like the show but they took a little more liberties with fleshing things out um down the road we got you know how marvel does like civil war they need these big so what they did was they did something called the shattered grid they went into something called the morphing grid which is kind of like where all rangers of all the seasons and universes like draw their powers from and they gave us this mysterious villain draken who looked from a suit standpoint, it's a hybrid of the Green Ranger and White Ranger. Yep. Kind of like the Bat in the Sun suit, if I've ever seen those on YouTube, where they did like oh, yeah. Ryu versus Green Ranger and this and that. 
So it was a hybrid of that. And basically it was an evil Tommy from another universe where he never, he never got defeated by the Power Rangers. He never turned on Rita. And he, well, he technically did, but he never went to the good side and he just started going. He basically was universe hopping, stealing the powers from pre other Power Rangers. And it wasn't just Mighty Morphin. Like he was going into like the Power Rangers in space, Lost Galaxy, all these different seasons. He was going to their universes and destroying them, taking their powers for himself. And he had Finster working for him, who was making basically a morpher that would combine those new powers in. So actually over time, his character's suit would change. And it would so change color was, and get He was the owl from Batman who had the little thing that was going into different multiverses and, and basically yep. destroying them. Basically. Yeah, yeah. he's the Batman who laughs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I, I would almost say that uh, old Scott Snyder and them might have might have stole yeah. some liberties from yeah. the it probably did. <laughs> I mean, it would make sense. But yeah, in this led to you know him coming to current universe where Tommy was. So we got cool showdowns of, you know, this evil Tommy who would actually tell him about this, you know, whole other universe where it's like he didn't become weaker. He got stronger. He didn't rely on the other Rangers. And a lot of people always talk about tracking, but they don't also say there's a Ranger Slayer. We got an evil Kimberly also. Yep. Cause they kept their dynamic from the show and fleshed it out a lot. Like better in the comics, but that and it was a long arc. And I tell everyone, like I have friends who read it and they haven't read since that one ended because it's kind of like the MCU type of situation. The end game comes out in theaters billion dollars we all go see it and it's just like what's next it's like doesn't matter like this chapter was closed i have closure on this story you know yeah but they continued the story with tommy in the comics he's the white ranger now but they brought in someone new who i'm not going to spoil that's a new character that is actually the green ranger as well because they obviously brought draken back as kind of like an anti-hero for a bit because you know why not but the in I tell everyone too, Shattered Grid was really good. Obviously, fighting Battle for the Grid is a good way to get the story from it. But there's this isolated story called Soul of the Dragon that he was a consultant for and helped flesh out Tommy's character in this for, which takes place way in the future when he's a lot older. Think of Logan, old man Logan, but yeah, but for, Green Jake, for Tommy, yeah, yes, where he's going through. I'm not like this is. On the cover, so it's not really. There's points where he's going through and using his different morphers to try and fight to get where he's trying to go. So one point he's, you know, the Green Ranger. Then he's, you know, the Zeo Red. Then he's the Turbo Red. Then he's the Black Dino Thunder, and then the White Ranger. Like he goes through all these different forms, and he's going through all his powers. Like in the all the coins have like are cracked or they don't have as much power because it's been so long and he's not a ranger anymore and he's just it 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 gave me Logan vibes like the movie it gave me a hundred percent I was like this is like, dope man <laughs> no, one talk, no one talks about it ever and I'm like guy like it what made it great was he was the consultant for that he knows the character he tweaked some of the dialogue and he's like Tommy wouldn't do this he would do that and it's like he knew start to finish it's him it's because yeah. it's him is he it, embodies that character yeah and there's very few people who you from an acting standpoint you could say that for like i'll say like it, yeah you you know there's names that are not like you think indiana jones it's harrison ford or right you know, kevin conroy 
Batman, but there's very few people where it's like not just Green Ranger. You think Power Rangers, and it's Tommy. Yep. People who but don't he's even the watch only anymore one for who years. embraced it more than anybody yep. else, oh, yeah. who loved it more than anybody else. Because a lot of child actors, even though he wasn't a child, but a lot of people who take those roles say, Oh, I'm so disgusted by it. It was just a stepping stone. It meant nothing to me. But day one, man, this guy was down. Day one, this guy was chill. Day one, this guy was like, Hey, I'm going to make this my own and own it. And this is like anybody who goes into a job and like, you know, it's that first year or that first, let's say 30 days, you're like, and you're all excited. Like, I'm going to own this job and make it mine. And of course, life and soul crushing uh, hopes bring you down. But <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's <laughs> me in the mortgage business. Right. <laughs> Just having my soul crushed over and over and over. <laughs> The only ranger I put an asterisk next to it, I don't give them any grief for them kind of turning their back on being a pirate. Just that is Austin St. John, who played the original Red Ranger, because a lot of people don't know this. He became a medic in the military and was deployed overseas in Iraq right. and this and that. And I was because I met him in 2015 when he just started doing Damn. convention tours again. And he was like, yeah, that's what I did for like, you know, six, seven years. This is where I went. This is what I chose to do after. It's like respect i can't even i, I was can't. like no i was like nope i was like i have no negative things to say even if with current issues going on you know over the summer i was like nope sorry he did that by choice he could have rested on his money and royalties and he chose to do that yep i, I watched a video where he you know spoke after jdf's death and he was just like i know it's no secret that we weren't friends yeah. But, you know, basically this sucks and, you know, all that stuff. I didn't realize there was beef between them. Like, I think I read something about it, but I never really got into yeah. that. It started. And that's one of the reasons why three people left the show because of money. They wanted more money. And the people who stayed on the show were happy with the amount that was offered. They wanted more. So it kind of became one of those things like, well, you know what? These like, we have. You know, four out of three, that's, or we have these three over here that are going to stay. It's like, ah, they're selling more toys. Might as well, we could, we could recast these other three. And so is that what so, happened? He, he yeah, got it started his money. Yeah. That's oh, when, okay. uh, Rocky took over as a Red Ranger. And then we got Johnny Young Bosch, who took over as a Black Ranger, who I think is like my second favorite person to be powered because he, I mean, he's done so much ble voice in Bleach, like all the, like any anime you could think of, he's done a voice for it. He's a okay. huge voice okay. actor now. <laughs> Dope, 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 dope. All right. So what I want to do now, guys, is I want to kind of get into some of the post um post Power Rangers stuff with JDF. Okay. I know we've uh, we've spent already so the majority of our time talking about JDF. And you know what? We might that might be what this whole show turns into. And then we come back for Kevin Conroy on another on another night. But but for me, I fell out of Power Rangers once they got into space. Once it was Power Rangers, I think Turbo I watched for a little while, Power Rangers Space, I think Zeo. Somewhere in there is kind of when I kind of faded out. And then as Tommy would come back for various roles, I would kind of pop back in. Oh, yeah. I was saying and, you know, and so I, I just, I kind of lost interest there for a while. Plus, some of the enemies got real goofy for a while there. <laughs> like, I thought Lord Zed and Ivan Ooze were like the pinnacle of bad guys until Draken. But that was that was good, yeah. But um, that being said, you know the the post Power Ranger stuff with him in the MMA. That's kind of where I want to I want to go to next, and then we'll look at Bat in the Sun and Bloodshot and all the other stuff. But when he was in the MMA, I really was just like so 
thrilled that he was in there. Of course, he's been doing his 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 training, his fighting, his black, various black belts, martial arts stuff. But then when he branded his Jesus didn't tap, you know, brand of clothing, and was really getting out there with that, and he, it, one of the the I cannot stand CM Punk guys like CM Punk as a wrestler, CM uh. Punk as a human being, like. Granted, I've never met him. Just the interviews and just the the cons and the things that he's done. This is one of the most entitled human beings. Like when he speaks, it just frustrates me to no ends. And I, I just I can't stand him. I didn't like his character. I never liked any of the arcs he was in. When I would go to wrestling events and he was the main event, I would leave. Like he was the champion during the Mark Henry Hall of Pain run, and it was him and Alberto Del Rio. And I was like, "Nope, I'm out of here." I freaking left. I just, yeah. I can't, I, I can't, I can't. I, I kind of agree to extent, except like I've met him a few times, and honestly, like I liked his Drax run when he wrote Drax, and I really? did like his <laughs> Thor one shot. So I was like, and his Ford in Avengers for Zaxman was pretty good. Like he's, I was one of the things where it's like. I don't like his attitude and how he presents himself. So I agree. But at the same time, I'm just like, man, like those were some good runs. I kind of so I didn't if he stuck with it. It would have been good. Yeah, I didn't read his stuff because I can't stand the guy. But I will say this. I thought it was absolutely amazing when he went in to get in the MMA and JDF called him out, you know, and he was like, hey, I'll fight you. And then, of course, he blew him off like he that. was too like he was too big to fight a, a Power Ranger. But dude, and JDF was like, "I'll fight you for free. I'll fight you for charity." Like, and it was just one of those things where I like this is my childhood hero calling out someone I can't stand in professional wrestling. And then well, I was like, "Please, God, let him fight." With with Punk, you got to understand. Punk has always been a scumbag to his fans. And and, and this yes. is more truth than anything else is that when he was just a civilian and he was no longer wrestling, he didn't go back to AEW or anything like that. Every time a fan saw him, he would blow them off, ignore them, tell them to go F themselves, all types yeah, of Yeah, cuss at them, uh, all that stuff. Cuss yeah. at them. That's weird because that's the only time, anytime he went was in between to, those. Um, <laughs> Anytime he went to like a um, because he's a big fan of the Chicago Blackhawks because he goes to the Blackhawk games, and uh, you know people would see him, he'd be kind of you know a d bag about it. And I understand you're out there with your wife and whatnot, but still, you know, you can just say, "Hey guys, if you can get me next time, I'll I'll be more glad to sign stuff for you or be it'd be cordial to you." And then you know sometimes you know it depends upon I guess where you're at. You know, for some people to be nice and other people, but. Uh, let's take the, uh, and I'm an old person, so I'm going to an old trope and I like, I love the Yankees, even though I'm from Houston, Texas. Um, Joe DiMaggio, Joe DiMaggio has the greatest quote of all time. And I think Kevin Conway, uh, Conroy, it was like this to an extent is that this may be the only time someone can see me play baseball. So I'm going to play my hardest and be the best I can. And then I'm going to try to sign every autograph because maybe that kid can only afford to see me that one time. And that's where Tommy, uh, Jason took it to the, to the, to that level. And I think that his excellency, his humbleness is what made him so great. And that's what makes me think of Joe DiMaggio that uh, that kid can only afford to see me that one time. So I'm going to be as nice as I can. I'm going to put on a show for them and I'm going to give everything I got rather than be like CM Punk where it's like, Hey, I don't care if you paid a ticket. Cause I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, entitled and screw you. I get my money regardless. Oh, you're a fan. Go F yourself. Did you buy anything from me lately? 
Yeah. The difference yeah, I the do. difference is is that he's he was a humble man and every, like you said, uh he waited hours when he could have just said, nah, I'm done, but basically took care of everything because this may be the only time someone can afford to go to that Comic Con and see him. Yeah, I, I there was several interviews that he did, you know, that Punk did himself, where he was just like, you know what? Yeah, I've ha- I have cussed out and shouted out my fans because they interrupt me at dinner with my wife and things like that. And I'm like, you know what? You to his credit, he was one of the most requested wrestling wrestlers to return. Like this dude was millions and millions of dollars just sitting, you know? And the problem was he just had just such a rotten attitude that I just I couldn't I I've never been I've never liked him but I did a little bit of reading and I read some of the quotes um, about JDF and and CM Punk and you know there's a picture of them at a con together posing but it's one of the things where as CM Punk had said at a panel that he would fight JDF. So then JDF was like, well, let's go. Let's get it going. Let's sign a contract. And then, of course, I listened to the interviews where Punk was just like calling him a stalker and calling him, you know, uh, what are some of the other words he called him? Uh, I'm looking now. And called him a joke. I'm, I'm reading one of the quotes right here. But I remember that. I remember him saying that, like, uh, he, you know, he didn't have – he wasn't going to fight the a Power Ranger. And he the dude was a, was harassing him, essentially. And I'm like, dude, you just freaking joined the UFC and said you would fight this dude. And then when he called you out, you're like, oh, you're going to do that. He's a stalker. He's, a, he's harassing me. I just, ah, man, I wanted those two to fight so bad, dude. I wanted JDF to freaking knock that clown out so bad. Oh, well, he made him tap. Yeah, it would have been awesome, but I don't know. Uh, did you guys? I mean, I know Mark earlier. You said that you followed his MMA career. Thomas, did you follow JDF's MMA career at all? Uh, unfortunately, I did not get a chance to see those except for on YouTube. But I did get to see Punk get um, the hell beat out of him, uh, and plus he was in a couple of UFC games. So I've beaten up Punk numerous times. Yeah, so always fun <laughs> to do that. That's right. That's right. Heck yeah, dude. CM Puke. So my, I'm going to tell you guys a funny story. All right. My uncle, uh, we used to all, every wrestling pay-per-view before the WWE network existed. We, my whole life, we would go to my uncle's house and he would buy the pay-per-views and we would, we'd pitch in, we'd bring food, whatever. And then every now and again, we would do WrestleMania or something in my house. But for the most part, we would really do the pay-per-views of my uncle's. And every single time CM Punk came out on screen, he would go outside, smoke a cigarette. Like that was when he left. He go, I can't stand CM Puke. If I ever saw him in real life, I'd slap him, slap a taste out of his mouth. Like he, my uncle hates that man so bad. And it was hilarious because, you know, a growing up in a wrestling family where like wrestling is, is the, the central sport that we watched. Right. Like my, not my dad, but my, my uncles, you know, my aunt, uh, my cousins and my brother and I, like that was just, that was what we did. And it's so funny, like watching like how Triple H losing a match and then seeing Punk come out on screen. Those would ruin my uncle's day. Like that was, I freaking hate wrestling. I'm never buying another pay-per-view. <laughs> it was, it was pretty, it was pretty incredible. And that's another thing too, Thomas, you had posted a video just of JDF and he just, uh, him with the wrestlers and man, I'm telling you what, dude, this guy, he was everywhere. Like for him just to quote, be a power ranger. He was everywhere in all of the different types of entertainment that I enjoyed. So I never, right. I never got away from the guy. 
Where you yeah, especially he did stuff with like up up down down with like yep. Xavier Woods and them, and they even have their gear for the last what year or so. Yeah. They've been having like the White Ranger. Like no, he's been in so much stuff. Like he's yeah. ingrained in a lot of like I guess like the different. That's why like people remember the OG Power Rangers from, like ninety three to ninety five because that was a that was ingrained in pop culture. Yes, the shows have gotten more higher production value than that, but they're not memorable. They don't have. You don't. I, I can't name more but than. But you two said it best. From, pop culture. Yes, it was a, like they had parades. Remember they had that huge parade, like in '94 after the first season, and they broke up. Like let's just do a big parade in New York for them. It's like, sure. I mean, we still have the Red Ranger every once in a while as a float in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yep. Not any of the newer ones. It's always the like someone from Mighty Morphin, and it's like. And most people are like, oh, why not the Green Ranger? Or they're like, was that, t-? or what other question, was that the one that was Tommy? Even people yeah. who don't know, who have never seen it, know who Tommy is and know who That's the Green right. Ranger is. That's right. It's because he's the iconic one. So you know, I want to jump into the uh, superpower beatdown, Legend of the White Dragon, all that stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, the, these superpower beatdowns, these, you know, Green Ranger versus Ryu and the White Ranger versus Scorpion, all that stuff, man, those were so freaking good did you guys uh i mean obviously mark you had mentioned earlier that you watched them thomas did you ever watch any of the superpower beatdowns with jds characters i kind of feel like he's muted you know uh, i no. uh do you hear me now i'm sorry yeah yeah you're good you're good okay um you know i'll be honest with you man basically after like the the white ranger i was kind of done because i was like an adult and you know, I was kind of like my, my whole life went around me going to bars and just hooking up with random chicks on the weekend. Um, so <laughs> I really don't have much to say on that. Um, so that's one of those things where I really can't tell you much. I can tell you a lot of things about when it comes to Street Fighter in general, because hell, I played every Street Fighter game that ever existed. I'm looking forward to the new Heck Street yeah. Fighter 6. Um, but speaking of Street Fighter and speaking of stats, what about this weekly stats that you have going on? between you and many others. Ah, well, it's funny that you mentioned that. We have uh, various different weekly competitions we have with our leaderboards. Okay, we've got our PlayStation leaderboards. We have our Xbox leaderboards. And if you want to be a part of those leaderboards, you can join at truetrevies.com, trueachievements.com, set yourself up a nice little profile, link your socials, join the Loot Bros podcast leaderboards on each of those sites and then each and every week i read i read out usually the top three top five you might get your name read out on the show so uh jumping back into superpower beatdown thomas i'm actually going to send you i'm going to google it right now i'm going to send you some of this stuff because you know there's this production company called bat in the sun and they come up with these really cool who would win scenarios between this particular character and this particular character. And like, I watched like a bunch of these, man. I watched like Wolverine versus Wonder Woman. I watched obviously Ryu versus Green Ranger. I watched like, oh, just like just some of these, some of the, their matchups are friggin' awesome. And anytime they, they put on the Power Ranger stuff, dude, I mean, it's, it's just, it's so, so good. And like the White Ranger versus Scorpion is one of my favorite ones. Oh, that one was so good, <laughs> so freaking so, good. There's a footnote to the Bat in the Suns. That Green Ranger suit was so popular and so well done. And obviously, JDF put his input into it. It's canon 
That's it's amazing. a canon suit now because that's the suit the new Green Ranger and the comic wears, as well as Battle for the Grid. Yes, it's a version. A, it's the V two suit, so it's canon that that is the version two Green Ranger suit, and that's obviously a suit he helped design, and he also helped with the fight choreography for it and his input. Like, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any. There's very few actors out there who have played iconic characters that know them so well that they are trusted that they can give input on what they think that character would do and it would be accurate. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, Thomas, I actually just sent you the link to the Scorpion versus um, White Ranger, and it's awesome because JDF is in there and he has he he in the video he has his input on kind of how these things will work out. But it's the, the particular superpower beatdown theme is just it's really cool because they do you know they're essentially high-end cosplays where they have battles and the production just seems over the years to get better and better and better and this is the closest thing we'll ever get to like these huge crossovers you know and then just again having jdf get on on the screen do his thing you know do his signature taunts and stuff to get his his daggers and everything man it's just it's really good. It's it's really really good. I, I've I've followed this particular you know I want to I don't want to call it a program, but I followed this channel for years and years yeah. and years. Let's see that one and because oh, I like mashups and like verses of like multiple. So like that channel and the epic rap battles of history. Yes, <laughs> two channels. Yes, just, yes. Ah, uh, so funny. It's freaking <laughs> epic rap battles of history. <laughs> So the Jack the Ripper awesome. and Hannibal Lecter one is still like my favorite. I've watched that so many times. <laughs> I love I'm the, assuming um, Jack the Ripper wins. Uh, Hannibal, I think, does in that one. He did such a good job. I don't even know who wins half of them. I'm just like this is good. It's it's awesome, man. I'm telling you, I got this. I just have this this particular fight rolling in the background now, and it's good, man. It's so so good, so good. Um, but all right, so you know, superpower beatdown, guys. If you haven't watched it, definitely go check it out. If you're a fan of the Green Ranger, if you're a fan of the White Ranger, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, so I want to kind of move on to just kind of post JDF, post you know all of the characters that he played, and just let's t- let's kind of talk about the 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 person that he showed us in his vlogs and at his cons. Now I know we've already kind of mentioned it, so I won't spend a ton of time on there. Um, but I want to dial back to a, a story I've told you know recently on the show. And I started off t- talking about it earlier in this particular you know, episode is this is the only celebrity I ever really wanted to meet, you know? And unfortunately I never got that chance. I never, I never caught a con on the East coast that he was at, although he did, you know, come to cons over here. I never, it's kind of one of those things that you don't realize you, you don't have tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, it's like, I'll, I'll see him eventually, eventually, you know, I'll, I'll well, I mean, catch him. Yeah, Cause he's only 49. So it's like, yeah. you know, it's sad, man. It really is. And so I, unfortunately I never got to see it, but, but you know, I've, like I said earlier, I've, I've followed him on social media. I've watched him all these years and how he interacts with his fans and how he treats people. But and you're man, I'm rooting you, for somebody. Is... You're rooting for somebody 
to succeed because they are a good person. You're not rooting for somebody because they're just some celebrity that thinks they're bigger or better or there's some smug jackass. Correct. You're rooting Correct. for somebody because they, you seem like the, he's a nice guy, seem like he's a nice person. And let's not forget, he has his own personal dojo and his own form of karate that he teaches in Houston, Texas. So how many kids' lives will he change and help just from doing that work that he did? I mean, so this guy has touched so many lives and he will continue to touch lives long after he's gone. Absolutely, dude. And I watched so many videos from his dojo and so many of his vlogs and just the interviews. And dude, it's sad. And so that's kind of where I want to lead us to is just to kind of talk about that impact, you know, because I've mentioned several things that I've seen and heard and the inspiring conversations he had. But at the end of the day, No celebrity death. I will say, with the exception of Chris Farley, no celebrity death has ever made any real impact on my life. Like I've followed, you know, a lot of various people over the years that I've enjoyed their work. But like the end of the day, it's like, you know what? We live, we die. That's the only guarantee that we have, right? That in taxes. But but this this dude, I mean. That was a mainstay. That was a regular in my rotation, you know, of, of of content. And not only for him to pass, to pass at a young age, but then to pass at his own hand. You know what I'm saying? Like that stung. And when I my Facebook feed filled up, guys, like I mean, it just constant post after post after post. And every every day. I watched part of his funeral the other day and I was like, man, this uh, sucks. This was sad. Uh, I could have sat there, honestly. I, I couldn't either, man. I, I I watched a little bit. As a matter of fact, I was I was in between some of my calls and meetings for work, and I was like, you know what? I got a, about an hour and a half. Let me knock out some Patreon content. And I had a a couple topics I wanted to do some recording on, you know. And I, I'm sitting there, just kind of getting geared up, and I'm writing down some of my thoughts and 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 you know, kind of like what I want to do. And I was just kind of scrolling through, and I saw some of the live footage from you know, part of the service. And I'm like, man, this, this sucks, dude. This is yeah. sad. And and it got me down a rabbit hole. I've been watching videos from again, more so recently because it's fresh on my mind, but you know, like I watched him sign his original morpher the other night on a cameo video. And I watched him sign his morpher and then sign the pen that he signed his original morpher and just tell him the story behind the morpher. And just, he, he just seemed so like genuinely excited about what he was doing, dude. It was it was really tough. That one that stung, you know. This whole process has has been, you know, I would say as impactful as it could be for me. But I if knew you're struggling, was, man, it's really difficult and very hard to open up to anybody, especially when everything depends on you. And this is the same thing that we have with Robin Williams, where Robin Williams was a super happy, a super good guy, and a super nice guy. But we didn't realize what he was struggling with behind the scenes. What, you know, like I said, everybody has, every day we all have some form of depression, man. And it's sad that, you know, he had to go, and we were all pretty bummed. I, oh, I know 
as much as you said you were watching it, I couldn't watch nobody be put in the ground. I couldn't even go to my grandmother's funeral to be watching her put in the ground or even see her in a casket because, I mean, it would hurt the memories I have of her. And I don't want my last memories to be her in the ground or, or me seeing her in a casket. I want my last memories of her telling me that she loves me and she's smiling and, you know, she hugs me. So when we're talking about, you know, things that we love and let's just be honest, man, Tommy was a hero to a lot of us. He was like the big brother that, you know, that, that you wish that you had that would come save the day for you in some form of a way. And when we don't, we don't open ourselves up to say things to certain people. I mean, to our brothers, to our sisters, man, like, like literally my brother lives in Miami. I gave him a call the other day out of the blue. I, I, I maybe talked to him three or four times a year. I said, Hey man, I just wanted to call you and tell you, I love you. And he said, man, I had a bad day at work today. I wasn't feeling good. You don't know how much that meant to me. And I know I was going to call him and tell him I love him and ask him for tickets to Universal Studios because he has like a, <laughs> a membership to um the Hogwarts thing. And I plan on going here soon because I want to go to the Harry Potter world. But it's I didn't good, even man. ask him after that. Um, but still, it's one of those things, man, just being told by somebody, you know, that you love someone in your family or just someone reaching out to you said, dude, I don't know you, but man, I love you. We're all brothers here. We're, you know, we're all brothers and sisters. You know, there's nothing can be accomplished through hate. All we can do is try to love each other and be better to each other. I mean, if you live with hate in your heart 24 seven, try to change that bad behavior, man, and, and correct yourself. And again, if you're having problems, dude, you can follow me on, on the, my Twitch account. It's Saber Rider 13. You can hit me up on my PlayStation network. It's just BCCR. You can hit me up on my Xbox, S-A-B, Saber 13T. And, and if you send me a message and you want to talk, man, and I'm free and I'm not doing something with my child, man, I'm more than glad to talk to you and try to get you straight. You know, I'm not Andrew Tate and trying to get you to buy a Bugatti or anything like that, but I sure, I, you know, I want to make sure that you happy, you know, and look, everybody just has to find something that centers them and makes them happy. That's right. That's right. What were you getting ready to say a minute ago, Mark? I don't well, I was brought up. I was going to, because you brought up, you know, the last time, like a celebrity death, like Chris Farley, like for me, Robin Williams, eight years yep. ago, th this past August, like that, that is another one that like hit me because like. And it made me realize too, like, yeah, I was, you know, in my twenties and this happened. It's like both things where it's like you don't really realize all these people who, you know, they might be acting happy and you don't know what someone's going on. Like that, like I said, that the Robert Williams one caught me off guard. Uh Kevin Conroy did catch me off guard, but it was one of things like we knew about his health issues. Whereas JDF, it's like, like I said, I just saw him in September. Like I was like, or at the end of August, early September, and it's less like smiling, happy. Uh, you know, even when he ran into like other cast members, like Walter Jones, who was Zach, the original, the first Black Ranger, this and that, he was, you know, hugs, saying, you know, I missed you, haven't seen you in a while. Like all these people catching up, like Bulk and Skull, Jason Narvey, and stuff, they were there yeah. too. It's like, so just seeing like, you know, how happy and everyone just like, it's like, you don't realize, you know, hey, there's everyone's inner demons are there. And he was, I don't want to say good at, but he was always keeping the public visual opinion up and always being like, okay, let me make the fans happy. This that. Like, you wouldn't know looking at him and talking to him that anything was wrong. And even when you talk to him, he's like, 
oh, he's like, where'd you come from? Oh, that's cool. Bad traffic, like this, that. And you're like, oh, you know, you'd start asking him. And he's like, he'll turn around on you and be like, you know, how are you doing? Like, oh, thanks for coming. I appreciate you being here. Whereas everyone was like, oh, thanks for signing this. He's like, no, thank you for showing up. Thank you for spending that's money right. to come here. Thank you for waiting in this long line. And it's just like, you son of a bitch, why are you so nice to me? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I'm not CM Punk, do I gotta fight you? Like, why are you being this boy? Nice, like, just a stand-up guy, because like I said, I've met him since uh, 2007 or 8. I've met him at least minimum once a year at a convention. Minimum. So it's like, I bumped into him a lot, and one of my favorite stories was so in 2015 for or 14 for San Diego Comic-Con, I just got laid off. So I was trying to find a job and I got this job at like a tourist trap hammock store right by the convention center. And he actually came in with his wife and his daughter. And it's like one of those shops where you work by yourself. You don't have other people. It's a little like hut, you know, I got hammocks like meh, and a cash register. That was it. And I was just like, I know who you are. I was like, and I'm like, <laughs> uh, I was like, here I'm at work. I was like, and I told him, I was like, oh man, like, I'm not going to br- bring attention. I don't want anyone to bother you. It's family time, this and that. I was like, really cool to, to meet you. I met you a couple years ago, actually, at a convention. Uh, and he's like, oh, he's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, oh, good, just working. I was like, how are you enjoying San Diego? This he's like, I love, I love Southern California, this, that. And he's like, you want a picture or anything? I'm like, no, you're the family. He's like, I don't mind. I'm like, you're with your family. Like, no, I don't want to bother you. I don't want to impose. He's like, it's not. He's like, you're a fan. Like, I wouldn't be doing this stuff if it wasn't for people like you. And I'm like, God, you son of a bitch. You're going to make me cry at work. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I'm an adult. I can handle this. And I'm like, just one picture. Just one. Just real quick. Oh, dude. I, that That's, again, like I said, not having what that right now. Story. Stings. That yeah. And, it, and it, the thing was, like, the whole time, I'm like, I... Because I don't like to bother people in public, celebrities or right? anything. It's you know going up to LA a lot. This I see, I don't bother anyone. And it's like I was just like, hey, just cool to meet you again. And he rec- he's like, oh yeah, it's like, and I'm like, uh, just don't, no, just go shop, go do like go do your your family stuff. Like don't like you've already wasted ninety five seconds talking to me. Did he buy a hammock? Like, I think he got one of the chairs, the hammock chair, because they have we have like hammock chairs and like other hammocks. This and that. I think he got the chair actually. He was so sorry. Should have had him like, on your own chair. Yeah, sign chair and steal it. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not like the bumping into some public signature type. Like when I met Kevin Smith a few times when I was up in New York for Comic Con, I met him outside of the convention, just around the streets and all that. And I was Did like, you punch him oh, for fucking from- up a He Man? This was way before that. This was this was a uh, 2015, so it didn't happen oh, yet. Okay, he had messed with yeah. him in yet. All right, yeah, he no, should have pre- preempted. He punched him in the nuts for that. Yeah. Future, I should have did it for future Mark. Honestly, that's right. <laughs> but no, and, like I don't like doing the whole like asking for signatures in like a public setting. Like I'm a wrestling fan, just like Daryl. Everyone's. I'm not. I'm not the type that's going to go to the airports and be like, "Oh, the wrestlers are coming off their planes." Right. My shit. Like no, I'm like I will get my photos and signatures from you in an official signing and this and that where it's not imposing your personal time. But for him, he was just like, no. And I will say his, his him being funny and goofy and everything with his daughter yeah, on, for TikToks and this and that is how he is in real life. Cause that's how he was while he was in the shop. There were no cameras. There was nothing else. He was just shopping. And I was like, yeah, 
that's that's him. I was like, ah, I was like, this is stand up guy. I was like, he's just like me. He's just like us. He wears shoes. Yeah. What type of haircut <laughs> did he have at that time? Was he rocking the mohawk what? at that time, or was he ro- no, rocking was like before. a regular cut? Mm. Like a crew cut. This is what he had the short hair. Yeah, this is what he had the short spiky yeah, the hair. With the soul. I think he was doing the soul patch at the time. This was. Oh, yeah. This was rocking before. the durst. Yeah, because he didn't start doing the mohawk until a couple years ago, really fully. All right, so let's jump into one last thing. I, one topic that I did glaze over. Did you guys ever watch the Ninjack? Um, Valiant Universe that, where he plays Bloodshot. That will be a no from me, sir. Okay, better like dog my memory. I mean, so, I uh, may have watched a porno parody, but that'd be about it. Was that the? Um, <laughs> uh, was that the? No, that wasn't. It's it's production wise, it's very similar to Bat in the Sun. But they, he plays Bloodshot in the Ninjak universe, and so I I don't know if there's a complete film of it. I've only watched clips on YouTube, but he his Bloodshot was so much better than Vin Diesel's Bloodshot, and it was getting worked on about the same time that one came out. Oh uh, yeah, no, I, okay, I have seen this. I just pulled up like, wait, I was like, this looks familiar. I'm gonna send you a link to this one too, Thomas. This this right here, this is just some clips from it that I Googled real fast. But I remember when this was being filmed and he was, you know, going around and talking about it. And of course, when Bloodshot was being, you know, like marketed, it was like, hey, you know, you already got a bloodshot. We, he, like arguably, in my opinion, the better bloodshot. Like, don't get me wrong, I like Vin Diesel just fine as an action star. Look, but I like Vin Diesel shot. on the toilet, okay? Vin, Vin Diesel's on the toilet and he's like he's running out of toilet paper and he's like, hey. Can somebody give me some toilet paper? And they bring it to him. He puts his hand out and it's like, family. <laughs> That's right. We do it for family. So, but yeah, the, I, I just sent you a, a, a video of uh, blood, JDF is Bloodshot versus Ninjak in the Valiant Universe. It's really awesome. It's really awesome. So I just didn't know if you guys had seen that because I watched that entire like l- production run and the promotional run he did leading up to and then post release on this. And it was cool, man. It was just him doing behind the scenes. And that was one of the things I liked so much about the guy is he did so many behind the scenes, like things for the fans. It was always something going on where it was like, Hey man, let me take you guys behind the scenes of this. Let me show you how I'm getting my makeup done. Let me, you know, my mighty morphin life, his little, you know, essentially reality vlog that he did. So it's cool stuff. It's cool stuff. So I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to touch on with, uh, I didn't know Sean Morrison was in this. Yeah, yeah. This is after his WWE run. Yeah, his, his I know he did a lot of weird stuff in that time frame for filming. Yeah, parkour, like a Hercules parkour. movie that we don't talk about. Yeah, <laughs> he, did the, he did the parkour Hercules movie. So, but yeah, it was good, man. Like, I, I yeah, I overall like I'm a huge fan. I will. Definitely be spending the next several weeks, maybe months of my life going back through some of this guy's work. Um, not that I didn't already frequently watch his stuff, but right now I'll definitely watch more of it and just kind of, you know, as it's fresh, 
kind of replay right. through it. So he he did a lot of stuff that like I don't think a lot of people realize, even you know, past Power Rangers. Yeah, he, he really did. He really did. But he, he never did, he did forgot MTV where he series. came from. Yeah, that's, like that's I, right. I remember, like when I was, you know, te- you know, starting to get in my early teens, like high school, like MTV had this very uh, raunchy show called Undressed, and he was on that as well. I never watched that, but I do know I do remember the logo for it. I do remember it being yeah. like a thing. I dated someone who was into a lot of MTV shows, so I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, look, it's Tommy. I was like. I don't think I've seen this episode of Power Rangers. I would have loved him Man, on like uh, if he was on like uh, the Real World or like Road Rules Challenge. That'd have been great. He would have kicked the shit yeah. out of a lot of people, especially when they started doing like the celebrities and stuff on there. Yeah, yeah. Daryl's favorite wrestler was on a season of that. Which one? CM, CM Punk? Punk. Yeah, he was on the <laughs> pro, the Pros versus Champs season. Ugh, he was very God. whiny on that. Hey, if you want to see him lose and challenges to like regular people, it's worth watching. <laughs> I might have to watch that. I would love to see. I mean, yeah, God, dog, man. That stuff these freaking sucks. He All did right. the voice of Poseidon and Smite. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that either. Man, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do a whole retrospect of his career. There you go. It's funny because I'm over here watching, like, I'm, I'm just, while we're talking, I'm, I've got three monitors in front of me, and one of them's just, just running B roll of just JDF stuff. So, guys, here's what we're going to do. All right. We're about an hour and 45 minutes into this conversation. And I know we started this off with the intent of going into Kevin Conroy and um, JDF. But we're going to put a plug in it here. We're going to stop right there. We're going to come back maybe next week, maybe the week after, whatever y'all's availability is. We'll message after the show. And we're going to come back and we're going to dig into the Batman portion of this particular topic because I do feel like we could go on equally as long on on Batman and how iconic that was. So uh, I do just kind of want to break us at a a good point point here and say mark thomas thank you guys so much for coming on here and and just having this this nostalgia trip and <laughs> kind of celebrating the uh life and the accomplishments and the there's the entertainment value and just the stuff that we we all got from the green ranger you know tommy so i definitely appreciate you guys coming on here talking shop with me um Thomas, I know you've already shared your Twitch, um, you know, name and all that stuff. Is it when, when are you streaming? What does your schedule look like for that? You know, my thing is, man, mine's very funny because uh, I'm currently working on Evil West and uh, Sonic Frontiers. But basically, it's just whenever I have time. So if people end up watching me. I'm probably going to end up switching to YouTube because that stuff stays up there longer. But um, it's just one of those things, man, where I have this child who requires all my time. So if you see me doing something and I'm not talking, that's usually my child playing. If there's an S by any of the titles, that's something that, that a four-year-old is playing. So I'm sorry. And I apologize to anybody. If um you watch like someone just sit in one place for a very long time, because I'm usually falling asleep <laughs> because I am tired because I'm chasing around a four-year-old and I'm an old man. There you go. Awesome. Awesome. We'll definitely be checking out Thomas's streams. Mark, what have you got going on lately and where can the uh, listeners catch up with you? Well, I'm still really original. So everything's still a nerd named Mark. I still have the podcast going strong. I've been doing, expanding the YouTube more. So now I do the video versions of the podcast. And also I am now 
dabbling into more of tokusatsu stuff as you brought up as Daryl brought up Godzilla earlier and Thomas brought up right. Ultraman earlier. If you like that kind of content, you'll like my YouTube channel because I talk about Godzilla, Mark, I have a question. Ultraman, Kamen Rider, all that stuff. Ooh, questions? Yes. Now, when you talk about Godzilla, did you watch the original Godzilla cartoon with Godzuki, his son, and it had like the ultimate freaking theme song? It's like Godzilla. It's like the music's really like like really violent. It's like dun dun dun, dun and like it goes and Godzuki. It is like very light and breezy. Never outside the only Godzilla cartoon I've outside of the newer anime ones. The only thing I watched was, and everyone hates me for saying this, the very well made sequel to the 1998 godzilla movie the godzilla cartoon show that was on fox kids oh and, so and was another God- anime yeah. you should want to watch um it was called um it's about these these demon creatures and i'm trying to think the name of it man um i'm trying to think of it. god i just had it in the top of my tip of my tongue it used to come on tv and it was weird because like you had one of the demon creatures that were like if it touched you it would turn you into a, like a zombie or, or like into like a like a demon slave. Uh, and then like one, I mean, I mean the whole, the whole show was just messed up, man. I got to look it up, man. Cause it's crazy. Yeah, would you find the name of that? Yeah. You had me at demons like, and zombies. And, and, and I mean, well, I'm gonna look it up on my phone. Cause I've been trying to get the, uh, cause all, all it is is in VHS. They don't even have it on, um, uh, like any DVDs or anything like that. And it used to come on all the time. Uh, back in the day, back in the like early nineties. And it was just so weird for the sake of being weird. But uh, Godzilla, did you play the Godzilla game for the PlayStation four? That was unbelievably just boring as can be. I actually gave it away to a friend from next to nothing, even though it sells for 300 bucks on eBay. I gave it uh, like 40. I, I have the digital copy of it because I have a factory sealed physical version of it. Uh, Dude, uh, okay, I sold forever. my copy. I sold my used copy uh, for $154. I found this from someone who didn't know what they had, and I paid retail for it. That's wow. Amazing. And I was just like, don't mind if I do. Yoink. <laughs> it's like, there's nothing to see here. Just I go home and I'm like, you're my precious now. You're up there with my copy of Sukut in one and two. That's amazing. Yeah, I actually, I sold my sealed copy of Parasite E1 and my copy of um, Godzilla on PS4 all within a week of each other. And that is the, that is what really got me into reselling. I'm like, man, I seriously, I got Godzilla in a bundle. I bought, I paid a hundred dollars for a PS4 with like 10 games and Godzilla was one of them. Sold it for $154. And then I picked up um, a sealed copy of Parasite Eve at the flea market. Now this was years ago before yeah. the, before the gaming used market got so uh, inflated, but I paid 20 bucks for that thing. And then I just, I just had it on my shelf with all my resident evil and silent Hill stuff. And then I was like, you know what, if it was a open copy, I would keep it and I would open it and use it if I needed it to play the game with a sealed copy. I'm like, I'm never ever going to open this because it's sealed. Therefore right now when it's worth $338, let's just go ahead and sell it. I have sealed the limited edition dreamcast code, Veronica biohazard. Oh dude, that's amazing. That's worth it. I have it. I have my, it's not sealed, but it's still near mint in the box. I also have uh, operation raccoon city. Yes. As from but the Japanese version, the biohazard. 
That's like, amazing. Yeah, because obviously we're Resident Evil fans. So yeah, I, yeah, I have a lot of. Yeah. <laughs> I have the first four games. Um, uh, for so I got one, two, three, and Code Veronica. I have the Japanese versions, and then I was going through my stuff the other day when I was cataloging everything. This is really off topic, but I found that I not only had multiple copies of Dead Aim, I had multiple copies of Outbreak Two. Um, I have I, I had w- multiple copies of. I have a lot. I, I, I did. The only thing I don't have is Gaiden, the uh, or the the Game Boy Color game. That's the only one that I cannot find. Oh, I don't have. Yeah, I don't have that either. There's a few I'm missing. Like, I can't find one. Like, I don't care if it's sealed or not. But I'm trying to find a Japanese version of Revelations for the 3DS. Like for a good price. I mean, import price. It's so small, but import price is this and that. And then I thought about sending some out to get the games graded when they're factory sealed. But then I'm like. Do I trust sending like a four hundred dollar game out? Like, I don't. I barely trust sending my comics out to be graded. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what's right. up, man. Yeah, uh, no, that's that's really it for stuff. Honestly, just the the Toku stuff. I like my Toho, and that's like I I I kind of like cut back on my social media, which is why like no one's really heard from me because I don't really use Facebook as much. This that I'll tweet here and there, and like just when content's live, but kind of got antisocial for a while so i was like oh let me just do focus on content focus on reading comics and just not spending so much time in front of a computer or on my phone i have a nice uh weeby bookshelf full of manga now in my collection that i'm reading and this and i'm like yeah in comics and yeah i'm just like yeah i got marvel unlimited so i went back and started reading some older runs like oh yeah old daredevil runs in this and and punisher the stuff like yeah i'm just keeping it myself and there you go doing the podcast still every now and again man it's it's it's, you got to just kind of decompress you got to turn off the screen and you got to got to do your thing so awesome awesome well it looks like we lost thomas looks like we got disconnected but that's okay mark thank you so much for coming on obviously thomas we know he knows that i'm here i'm here oh okay you're good it says you're offline for me, so uh, <laughs> I thought you got. That's what I was wondering. I was like, "What is he looking?" Because I see a oh, green button. I was like, "No, I'm here." No, am I the right, the right on, group? No, on my screen right now. It's it when we were talking. It went red and says you're offline. So, right. but anyways, we're gonna get out of here. So, Thomas, thank you, Mark, thank you, guys. This has been the Loot Bros Podcast. We will be back. We'll get the crew back together, and we're going to talk Batman, Kevin Conroy, and we're going to go into depth on that one. Hopefully, the bearded nerd will be here because he really hated he missed this part. Unfortunately, he got called into work. So, All right, guys, I'm going to end the show. Instead of a song this week, I found this video that JDF did about a year ago, and it's a very inspirational speech, and it is extremely unfortunate that all the positivity in this message you know, and then where we're at today. So, uh, but I think it is super, super important. I think this really sums up the type of of person that he was, at least with the fans and at least with the people that followed him. So I hope that you made it this far. And I really hope that this, um, you know, is a little bit of motivation for you. So definitely appreciate you guys for sticking with us. And I hope that you enjoy this. Guys, I'm going to tell you right now, be who you want to be. Follow your dreams, not other people's dreams. The most important thing is that you have to remember you're only worth as much as you say you're worth. Tell yourself, I am the best. Tell yourself, I can, I can, I can. And never use these words, I can't. 
Because if you use the words, I can't, you will never succeed. People have the wrong impression about success. Success is not measured on the amount of money you have. Success is not measured on how much money you have in their pocket. Success is measured on are you happy in life? Are you happy at your job? Are you happy in your relationship? Are you happy with who you are? Because if you're not, you need to change it. No one else. Remember, the words you speak control your thoughts. Your thoughts control your body. Your body controls your actions and your actions become your characteristics. It's very important to believe in who you are and follow your dreams. Who cares what anyone else says? Everyone says, I couldn't do it. I couldn't be a ranger. I couldn't film a movie. I couldn't succeed. I was voted number one in high school to fail. And guess what? I didn't listen to those people. And you shouldn't either. Right now, it's so important during this period of your life to reach and grab that opportunity. You gotta remember, opportunities don't come to you. You have to get the opportunity. The opportunity is there, you just have to reach and grab it. And it's so important to follow these rules if you wanna become anything you wanna become. Number one, we all have a purpose in life. We all have a purpose in life. What is your purpose? Do you really know what your purpose is? Number two, you got to have passion. Have passion for what you wanna become. Become passionate. I'm so passionate on what I wanna do. I'm so passionate for the fans. I'm so passionate in my life. I'm so passionate about karate. I'm so passionate about making movies. You have to have passion. Number three, patience. You gotta have the patience. It's not gonna happen overnight. You gotta have the patience. And number four, is profit. But who cares about profit if you don't have the ladder to succeed? The ladder to succeed is you have to have a purpose. You have to have passion. You have to have patience and next will come profit. Everybody wants to be big, rich and famous, but you can't buy happiness with money. You have to deposit in people's emotional bank account. People have to deposit in your emotional bank account because if they're not, then they're not your friend and you don't need those people. You need to surround yourself with people that are gonna build you up. Don't put yourself in a bucket full of crabs because what happens in a bucket full of crabs is when you reach the top, another, another crab reaches you and pulls you back down. So no one's getting to the top because the crabs are pulling you back down. Are your friends pulling you down? Are other people pulling you down? Well, you need to stop because it is up to you, my friend. You control it. This is the rudder in the engine of the boat and the airplane. What you speak is what you get. If you say, I can't never do this, I can never follow my dreams. Look, they're not gonna be easy. People want the shortcut in life, but you have to do the work. So if you're sitting there right now and you're thinking, you know what? I never reached my goal. I never succeeded, not on money, but I never succeeded on what I want to become. Get off your butt and do something today. Look in the mirror and tell yourself this. I can. I will. That's the most important thing to succeed. Success is not all about money. Success is about happiness. So if this video touched you and you feel this video in your heart, tag a friend because I'm only here 
for me. So if I could be here for me in order to succeed and be happy in my heart to share this message, then if it works for you and it touches your heart, send it to someone else. This is all about depositing in your emotional bank account. Do something good for someone today. Tell them you are awesome. Tell yourself you are worth everything. Everyone is equal. Doesn't matter who you are. People come up and say, man, you're my first celebrity I ever met. I'm not a celebrity, I'm a person just like you. So the most important thing is follow your dreams, go after it and follow the four Ps. You got the purpose, you got the passion, you got to have patience and next will come profit. But who cares about profit? You can't take it with you when you die. But what you can do is leave a legacy, a legacy behind when you're gone People say, hey, I remember this dude and I remember what he did for me. So are you gonna leave a legacy behind? If you do, let's do it today. I love you all, man. Thank you for taking this time. 86,400 seconds a day and people just drain their brain. They don't train their brain. So thank you for spending that time, this precious time in life to watch this video.